Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 93. On tonight's episode, the Manlings interview the winners of the major awards at the Masters. Anyway, shut it! I'm listening to me show! A very good morning and afternoon and evening to you. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you thoughts on armies and USA Masters bits and pieces, I'm Chris Hugh. And I'm the one who knocks. Still the one who knocks, huh? I am. I'm going to just keep being the one who knocks, at least till episode 100. I think then I'll have to be someone else. To truly be the one who knocks, you have to shave your head. I'm not doing it. Then you can't be the one who knocks. I could be the one who knocks before he shaved his head. He doesn't knock then. Well, I, I will for him. No, you, you can't. Because he's not knocking, see? I don't acknowledge the knocking. <laughs> so, how's it going? It's okay. Just Uh-oh. okay, huh? Yeah, just been busy on spring break, but just kind of crazy. Snowed busy. again today. <laughs> it's almost April. I'm on spring break. Yeah, it's never going to end. Uh, I still got stuff from Christmas that finally I could see it. Like on the lawn because the snow, oh, snow kind of melted and like, but it's frozen into the like I can't get it out without breaking it because yeah. the stuff in the ground is still frozen in there. So mm. it's stupid. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. So ah, uh, we should probably thank our sponsors. Yes. Yep. So let's take a minute to thank our gracious sponsors: Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake, Illinois, Mears Miniatures, Mantic Games, Guild Painting. Dot com and battle foam protecting your army. All right. Yep. Mears Miniatures. M I E R C E Miniatures. Dot co. Dot uk. They've got cool stuff. I like their models. I want to get mine painted up. I want to use that technique from that guy from France that sent us that DVD. I was watching that. That was uh, pretty. I gotta get that back from you and look at it because yeah. I want to watch it again and try to do some of that with that the lion's body portion of the. Yep. Now that you're, you got your hobby mojo back. Oh yeah! Now that I'm 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 making plaster molds and playing games and mm-hmm. making up creative. I went out and bought uh, Insta mold today because I couldn't find the good stuff. Yeah, and the good stuff like. The minimum I would need to make it, it's like the sample size, and it's like 25 30 bucks. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to try it with Insta Mold first and see how it works. And that way, if I do a good job and I want a then more permanent mold, then I'll spend... Invest in the good stuff. Yeah. I see. That's a good approach. Practice and make sure I don't completely screw it up first. So, But, uh, oh, boy. Uh, no shout-outs today. Oh. Although we did have a couple of different voicemails for the contest. Huh? Which you can see which way the contest went, I think, from the beginning of the show. Uh, I think so, too. Um, yeah, but you figure most people who took, bothered to take the time to enter, they were either entering because they were using the long army, or they were guys in a forum saying, oh, I like the army, just not too long. Only one person said, short, like a dwarf. And that was <laughs> Rallyan. Rallyan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so not too long, not too short, but just right. right and the then middle. one person didn't really say it long at all. They just wanted to enter the contest. Uh, that one, when we play, that one will have to be bleeped. But that was Hastings. Johnny ah, <laughs> entered the contest. So just so we're clear, does the winner of this contest will be using their s- potential voice sample for the commercial going we forward? We only had four voice samples, and we had 16 entries via um, forums or forums. whatnot. Yeah. So I think we're just going to pick a winner at random at the end of the show. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, but over the next few episodes, we'll be playing other people's Very entries, nice. like in that spot. Very nice, you know, um, for a little variety. Yeah, in your army. Yeah, except for Cranky's, because people will stop listening. Because he called up and <laughs> because did, he's cranky. Or because it was he over left? a minute. I mean, he did the whole the like when I did it, the really long. Well, long, you, you long could one. play like ten seconds of the beginning and then the episode cracks. Right. Oh, that would be funny. This is the <laughs> Cranky's entry, part one. We should do that. Part 17. Break it into five-second segments. Go. In six months, we finished it. Can, like, sample it and do, like, Army. tunes to it. Army. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. No. All right, we've dwelled on this for too long. So right. if someone wants to leave a shout-out, how could they do it? Oh, well, they have voicemail. Or we have voicemail. They can call voicemail. Yeah. Voicemail is one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Uh, international callers proceed that with zero zero one, and uh, most countries that's how you can reach us. Um, we love do we do love getting voicemails from all over the planet. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, a guy from China, please call back. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm not gonna run like I'm not gonna run a contest for see who can call from the farthest away because that gets silly. But. Uh, but uh, he should call back, though. I want to hear what he had to back. say. I, yeah, I know. You got cut off. Oh, boy. Um, we did get some voicemails, and some were a little long. So in, for the sake of brevity, I just wanted to give a couple of you know, shout-outs to a few people. Sure. Um, we had a caller from uh, Randy, and uh, Randy called and mentioned how much the notice he went. Uh, if you go onto the GW website, a lot of the Bretonian stuff is just not there. So people were thinking that that was going to be next month's army, although it's starting to look like, uh, when we get to news and rumors, yeah. it's starting to look like another 40K release, but we shall see. But we did get his email, and then he and actually sent an email as well as that, saying how much you like the show and stuff like oh, that. Good. And cool. Thanks, So Randy. Yeah, it was, it was nice. We also got a nice voicemail from Michael from Pasadena. Now, this went the full three minutes. Like, it actually cut, he was, say, he was signing off, and I think it cut him off right at the end. Okay. I found voicemail only does three minutes, apparently. Um. But he uh, he called and said how much he liked the show, and he has a two- to three-hour drive, so sometimes when a new episode comes out, that like fills up his day. Mm-hmm. Um, then he did say that uh, from the uh, the show on winning, yeah. um, too, was he said that uh, he, you seemed hesitant when we were talking about people. Remember you said, do you have to tell people how to beat your army? We said, no, not really. And then it yeah. was like, then it came to... Well, what if they know the rules and they're just not really following them because the other player doesn't seem to know it or doesn't call them on it? Mm-hmm. Um, he, you, he said you sounded hesitant, like you kind of felt like, yes, it's wrong, it's, but I don't, well, I don't want to throw a blanket term out there and label you know, a oh, lot of people with that. I'll do it. If we're both labeling everyone cheaters, that's not as interesting listening, is it? <laughs> Depends on how much heat you're bringing, I guess. I, so, well, you can bring the heat. I'll try to cool you down. Oh, you can cool me down, Mr. Easy. Mr. Easy. Stay on topic and keep you, it actually, PG. You're more than heating me up here, Mr. Whoa, Uso. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Put that thing away. You're going to get us all killed. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, family. family That's show. for Blazing Saddles. Then he... Remember you saw that? Yeah, oh, you're, so you're you're one upping my Star Wars with your Blazing Saddles yes, references. That's exactly what I was doing. I was throwing. You came in reference. that thing. You're braver than I thought. <laughs> Let's take our break. Like I said, we did get several messages from the voicemail contest, and we will be playing them over up. I'm not going to play all four army commercials in one in sure. one show. We'll, people, we'll spread out the goodness. We'll get mad at us. 
So I will play them all. Um, and honestly, if you still, even though the contest is over, if you think you can do a good, uh, and not too long, but if you could do a it's good. Be just right. Yeah, do your take on the battle phone protecting your army. Do your take on it. Send it in, and I'll drop that in. We, that could yeah, be we'll like make it on air. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we'll be back with news and rumors. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. Coming back with tool A and tool B, Chris and David. Wouldn't that be tool C and tool D? A and B, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Phillips and Flathead. <laughs> tool? I got you. Right, I got you know you. what those are, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making wow. sure. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we are all over each we other. We are, today. we are. It must be the new setup for the equipment. Do you notice how? I don't know. I think it's the weather. I'm, you know, everyone's feeling, you know, cabin fever. They want to get out. There you go. Like the shining. Yes. Yeah. Here's Johnny. Oh, boy. So here we go. Let's see. Uh, news and rumors. Uh, not much, but I honestly have not been paying that close of attention at this point. I haven't either, but your notes here say Imperial Guard next month. Is well, that right? It l- it's looking like it from the rumors I'm seeing. I mean, everything is posting. We've seen covers of the book. They changed their name. To what? I don't remember, but it was like... What do you mean? Like, no longer Imperial Guard? They're no longer called Imperial Guard. And I actually... Now, I heard on a different show somebody was kind of giving them stick because they've been the Imperial Guard forever. Mm. And um, you can't... You can't uh, claim Imperial Guard as your own intellectual property, the name, because there's Imperial Guard. Yeah, too generic. Too generic. So, and... Like Stormtrooper. Yeah. They don't want people... Advertising as stuff for Imperial Guard. Oh. If you advertise as, and it's got some new name. It sounds very Roman, but it's got sure. that sort. You know, the you know. I I don't remember what the name is. But is this the not, army? I think I've seen pictures here. That maybe I think I saw it, but didn't realize what they were. Is this the the army that has like uh, trucks with treads as wheels? And a yeah, bunch that's of guys some of the stuff. Yeah, kind of armored. Yeah, it's basically the forty k army. That's the humans. The the humans. They haven't been turned yeah. into space marines. These are all the humans that right, go right. Uh, in the battle. Because I, I remember thinking those models did look pretty cool. I just didn't know they were Imperial Guard. Oh, yeah. No, the IG stuff is looking pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I, you know, it's... But I guess, the, like I said, they're changing their name, and some people are giving them grief because 
you know, oh, they got to change it to some name that they can say is theirs. Well, why not? With the way everybody's sure, going yeah. after and, and copy, you know. They, there, hey, there's a lot of companies that leech off their yeah. IP. And they're a business, and they got to protect that. And as a person who tries, to, you know, works in a creative outside of teaching, I do other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And when you create something, it's yours. And you don't want other people coming up and just being like, yeah. We're going to take some of that money that you're making off of that. No, for believe ourselves. me, I, I work in a creative field too. There's nothing worse than creating like a website or a logo and then seeing that website or logo, you know, being recreated and retooled uh-huh. by someone else. Right. You know, it's 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 theft. Yeah. You know? So they're so basically they're changing the name of the army. I don't know much more than that because I I'm not. I just so are they like Gardas Imperialis or something like that. Oh, I I, I forget. Maybe they can make a character that's like a count. You can count him Count Demone. <laughs> what that was from, that was from history of the world part yeah. one Are you I, can, I can see your hamster wheel going yeah where's that from Demone. it's count the money demonet demonet Demone. <laughs> um if you look up youtube the kid who's in um the kid who plays the brother in that new movie divergent mm-hmm. he's on conan o'brien yeah and he he's like you paint little miniature figurines he's like yeah some are uh, science fiction and some are fantasy they're called warhammer so apparently this oh time, cool yeah so he was talking about how I, he did, paints, I, did, I bet conan jumped all over that hey kind of he was kind of yeah. joking with him and teasing him and making and making a little fun he's like do you when you meet a girl do you <laughs> is this something you let her know right away he's like oh yeah yeah because if she if she's not going to deal with it we're not going to get along because right. he was that he's, does that work picking up girls like yeah you want to come up to my room and see my figurine <laughs> or my miniatures that's what he says it's like he says he uses a come on it was funny it was like a two-minute segment right they didn't say much about it but it was just kind of cool sitting there watching conan O'Brien that is pretty and, cool you know there are celebrities that are rumored to or not rumored but are known to be gw fans oh you know it, there's 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 um robin williams yeah. This is into it. John Hurt. Yeah. And Loves I remember 40K. watching uh now this was this is more historical stuff, but um uh, Peter Cushing. Who Oh yeah. yeah. Who played Way Van, back. he played Van Helsing in all those van, those hammer dragons. Or those Governor ones, Tarkin. And he was Governor Grant or Grand Moff Tarkin in uh Star Wars. AKA Governor. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but I there's you could look on YouTube. He's got there's like 15 and 20 minute like things where they filmed him talking about it and just having like this whole floor with all these British soldiers yeah, and all yeah. these, like just like oh I just this is how I relax. I paint them and then I put them out here. There's he's like it sounds like someone trying to explain Warhammer. He's like there's different rules and things you could do depending on what they How cool would it be to play a game against Grand Moff Tarkin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. Before I charge this unit here <laughs> and wipe you out, let me ask you. Where is, is the rebel, rebel base? <laughs> that was the worst Peter Cushing impression <laughs> ever. We're I, not English, though. I, I'm Come taking on. credit for worst ever because it was terrible. So Yeah, sorry. Dan Heelan, Ben Curry, if you guys are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Which they may not be. I don't know. But that's about it. Um, like I said, I'm still hoping, I, uh, you know, I'm... Hoping that uh, May is a 40k re- as a fantasy release. It doesn't surprise me that if April is a 40k release, though, because I, th- I mean these the big this this uh, the Imperial Titans or whatever the heck what was that called that came out Knights? last month? The Imperial Knights, yeah. yeah. 
the, I don't know if that's. I mean, you can play it. I think as its own army, but I've, I've seen games where people are only using those. Right, you can do that, or but I also think it's more of a supplement. Like I don't know if it's like a full full fledged release. I didn't uh, buy the book. I mean, it had a whole book, but it seemed like hmm. it's all about guys who like seriously. You could play that as an army. You got five models, right? You know, if you want to do that, that's, it looks pretty cool. But it also seems like it's more of a supplement, and I could be wrong. But it seemed like because people were saying you could you can ally that in obviously yeah. with a lot of other armies. So it seemed more like a way to give, you know, inexpensive or less expensive titans to a lot Everyone. of different armies. Yeah. So then you get a full on wrong with that. a full on army book now coming out with the uh with the new with the new IG, whatever they're gonna be called. That's about it. Any other news? Um oh, I did pick up the uh White Dwarf or yeah, the White Dwarf Weekly number seven. Uh huh. And did you hear about this? Ben Curry was talking about it this week. I just thought it was interesting. They came in with new rules for the for the for some demon, the exalted flamer. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I thought was cool. They basically that's if you you know when you buy the chariot, mm. you could put the character on it or not. And so the exalted flamer, um, now basically you could take it off. Yeah, and you could play it use as its as own character. thing, yeah. which is like okay, that's cool. It's a fifty point model, and you could use it to do this other thing, dude. That's kind of cool. I liked it. You know, it certainly get, you get more bang for your buck if you buy that kit. But it was cool that they're giving new rules and stuff like that. Sure. Of course, I had to run out and buy it. I thought about it, but the fact that they're making you think about it means that their marketing engine is working. Yep, absolutely. Now, the other thing is you're like, oh, it's only 4 bucks. I get it. It will be annoying to make copies of all the stuff and keep it in with my FAQs and keep up with this at, at, at however whatever pace they're doing yeah, it at. Yeah, well, I, I think the responsibility becomes uh, on, goes on the demon player's shoulders to bring it with them if they play in a tournament. Right, but I like to have, you know. No, I understand. The but, but I think in general, the, right. you know, don't you think the demon players should have to supply that? Oh, yeah. I think so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they should have a copy of their own rules if they're going to sure. use it. The TOs know? should too, but the, the demon players definitely need to have it. But uh, I was thinking that, um, you know, that would be something maybe you know if they once they release a few rules. I mean, you, you could just include it in the, you know, the upcoming FAQs. Which is <laughs> never going to happen. Just include it in the ninth edition book. <laughs> That's where we're headed. Yeah, it's yeah. The eighth edition FAQs that ship has sailed. You know what's really annoying though is I just looked at it and when I realized the last one came out April fourteenth. I know I was looking at that too. It's been almost a year. Ugh. When we're when we are recording at Adepticon, it'll be like a week shy of a yeah. year yeah. without any FAQs. Dude, that's kind of a slap in the face. Well, but if they're putting to- those resources towards a great bulletproof, bombproof, airtight ninth edition book, they're not. They're not. How do you know that? Because they're not. For 25, 30 years, they've said, we're not a tournament company. We're a gaming company. We don't care about... They're not all... If, I mean, I would love it if they did. If they turned around and had these rules are airtight right. and there's no need for all yeah, this... Yeah, it's money. not going to happen. But no. if, I mean, if they well, make a better next edition... airtight systems have FAQs. I mean, War sure. Machine comes out with FAQs. But they're not. <laughs> well, they're the, not. the point is if they're, if they're putting resources towards the next edition, I, I'm okay with it. You know, eighth edition, you know... It, I'm not ready for 8th edition end yet. I'm still enjoying it too much. I I am too, but this it's is where we're headed. What's so. going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, eventually we're going to get there. So so that's about it for news and rumors, really. Um, you want to just jump right into the toolbox, I guess? Uh, Sure. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll There's quite a bit of stuff in the toolbox. Right. Okay. 
That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Brought to you by Chaos All right, uh, have you been reading? You have not read. That I book. have oh, been reading. Yes. yes, slowly but surely, I'm making progress. Okay, it's it's starting to come around. It just not. I'm probably a quarter of the way through that book, and it just hasn't gripped me yet. It, it it's never gonna get fast paced because it's just him. You know what I'm saying? But the things he does and mm-hmm. the stuff that's coming up, like. There's some really cool stuff that I know, he does. Uh, you keep on on saying, people own. keep on saying that, so I, that's why I keep on plotting through it. So. And the third book is fantastic. The okay. third book is great. And Alethanar does pop up in the third book, just like, but you see how, like, you, you know, you read this and you hear how he's getting, he's getting to that point where he's starting to do all these hit and run. Right. You'll have big wars going on, and suddenly it's like, and the flanks get ready, and, they, you know, he signals for the thing, and nothing happens. And nothing happens. And at the end of the battle, you go over there, and everybody's dead, and Alethanar's walking away. He's like, they're like, thanks. He's like, shut up, because I didn't do this for you. I did this because these guys don't belong here. And he was like, walk away. Hmm. He doesn't he'll show up in battles, right. do something really important, and then just like. Just walk away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when they're actually fighting in. Um, oh, he's from. Oh, Nagarith. Sorry. So, like, there's a battle happens actually in Nagarith, and he shows up and does this. He's like, oh, thank you for your help. He's like, I don't acknowledge you. You don't belong in here. This is my land. I'm the king of Nagarith. Take your people. Get out of here! Right. He's just like, <laughs> quite, well, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the, the, but seriously, if if nothing else, get through it to get to the third book because right. it's good. Okay, it shouldn't have ended so quickly. If I have anything to say about all three of the series, it's that they didn't need to stop as a trilogy. They could have run mm-hmm. them a little longer. I think even at the at the Black Library weekend when they were doing, they said that the said, said as much. Yeah, right? we don't, okay. Yeah, this we had to we shouldn't have locked ourselves into that tight you know all right so uh that's uh it for my reading how about yours uh i am reading legion now for after eleanor we just finished mm-hmm. recording the very end of um book six descent of angels today this, I did this oh, afternoon nice. talking to greg this afternoon dumped the memory card brought it back down here <laughs> are you guys only on book six we've only put well yeah but we we've actually because we really as we're going into it a lot of yeah. times we'll do so several episodes might span two episodes per book, book usually i see okay and uh and we've had some gaps just problems with me and my scheduling getting it uh, done so we're trying to get to a, a more more regular schedule pace. but yeah so i'm reading that i'm going through the dwarf book over and over mm-hmm. and over getting ready for our review post adepticon 
that and uh and I'm I'm really just trying to find myself I'm trying to find a a place I'm comfortable with with the book. I'm learning a little bit about it. Um explain that. What do you mean by that? Well, I can't do what I used to do, so I'm trying to see what else it can do. And it's like so Oh, you mean in terms of unit selection right. and play styles? I see. You know, I've been playing without war machines. Just trying to get a feel for what mm-hmm. the units can do and how you know how how much can I rely on them? Right. As opposed to relying, I mean, I know what a cannon can do. Mm. Cannon did the same thing it did last game. Grudge throw did the same thing it did last sure. game. You know, so I'm I'm kind of running without them and seeing if I just go up the guts. Combat fighty doors. Well, we'll talk about that in the games that we've played in further yep. detail. Any other reading? Oh yeah, uh, I finally got the Visions of Heresy, which is this huge, ridiculously huge book. Yeah, you're showing me that book. It's pretty cool. That's all the artwork and what fluff. It's a lot of the artwork and fluff from basically from the Horus Heresy from the start of it. And it's, I mean, I just thought it was going to be all pictures, but there's, there. I mean, there is a lot of pictures, but there's also a ton of text in this book. And I mean, it's yeah, it looks like a great four hundred some pages yourself into the universe. Yeah, I mean, and I really do love the artwork for. I hope they do something like that for fantasy. It would be cool. Because you don't even have to do the Horus Heresy. You could do most of the... You could do... I mean, everybody knows the Warhammer timeline. It's like this, and then the elf stuff, and then the right. War of the Beard, and then Archeon comes. And I mean, sure. like there's, there's, there's a pretty set bit of stuff that goes on there, so... But it's just... Nice. I mean, the book itself is so cool. It's really beautiful. And then... Um, the other only other reading... Well, it was the audio books. I've been listening mm-hmm. to the... The Best Served Cold by Joe Abercrombie. It's the, he did that first Law trilogy that everyone okay. was talking about. Then he did three books that are just like standalone books about characters in that world. Hmm. Um, took a little bit to grow on me, yeah, uh, but I'm enjoying it. It's pretty. It's getting pretty good. I'm. I don't like the reader. They got a different reader for this book than that did the original trilogy. I don't like the reader as much, but uh, hmm. it's some pretty cool stuff. So I've been enjoying that. So that's my Very reading. nice. So what have you been doing in the hobby? Hobby. I'm um, about halfway done converting my, I guess, what are controversial executioners into white lions. I'm uh, still trying to gather funds to buy those miniatures, the executioners, as well as wheeling and dealing to try to get as many Shadow Warrior heads as possible, whether okay. it's through trades on Barter Town or purchasing on eBay. Uh, I just hope my momentum for this project doesn't peter out before I finish <laughs> you know, so after after investing all these shadow warrior heads and stuff, as, and the executioner kits, yeah. Oh no, nah, no kidding. I mean, you've been doing a lot of work. Uh, I mean, I gotta say, like I said, the white lions. I know in the fluff, there's there's they wear a lot of lion stuff, and I know you don't yeah. care for it. Yeah. But they are the white lions, and they. It, I mean, their fluff says you become one. You got to kill a lion, and you wear its pelt. That's so. okay. You could they could still have killed a lion, right? They could have made the the cape out of you know the the, the skin. Okay. I just don't like the furry cloak. Is it going to be... Uh, so are your capes going to be skin colored or... No. They'll the, be blood red. See? Yeah. But they could have been dyed to be... I think they could have been. I don't know. Just, Whatever fluff you want to, you know, make yourself feel better that, yeah, they are white lions, I don't care. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? As long right. as I... The, it, the models come out the way that I want them to, the fact that they're vaguely white lions or not doesn't bother me as much. As long as my opponent is okay with it. Sure. I mean, yeah, and I'm not I'm not harping. I just look at them and it, I mean, because they're nice. You're doing some nice conversion work mm. and you're doing some swaps and stuff. It's just they've got the really long Cape. swords, 
Swords. Swords. You yeah. know, so it's like they, they, the first thing I thought of was sword masters. Not, I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? It's just I'm so used to white lions be axe and lions. Sure. And so to have no lions and really long swords, it goes so against the type. Well, I, I don't look at it as swords or axes. They're great weapons. Right. So either way, you know, game-wise, they function the same. Right. Uh, right. I guess, I guess, and like I said, just for me, because the, the axes and swords is what separated them from the Swordmaster great weapons. Right. The white lions. Now, if I had both units on the field, great weapon axes, then yeah. I can see it being more of an issue. But you're, so you're not going to field those and... No. Really I, I have no plans to. I mean, I have, I have no plans to convert Swordmasters. Oh, okay. So. Oh, that's right. You don't have any converted to your... No. Oh. I, I have the, old, the, the ones that come in the Island of Blood, but they're all, you know, push fit. Right. Two pieces. Right, so right, right. to cut the heads off those and replace those with Shadow Warrior heads, much harder to do. Oh, yeah. But it, just in terms of gameplay, Swordmasters are not, in my opinion, they're hard to use right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they die too easily. They don't, they don't get the, um, the reroll to hit, which is huge. Right. So... so the, but the White Lions are stubborn either. and they have those cloaks, so that's what... Right. Is that what gives? And they're they're, they're strength six versus versus strength five, which is a big deal. Okay. Uh, they're stubborn, which is right. huge. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, I was just asking. Like I said, I don't dislike the models you've done. It's just you know, it's a it's a jump to go from executioners with shadow warrior heads to white lions. I get that. That's that's where you know. But I'm I'm when I get to the point where the whole army is done, you see it on the display uh-huh. board in context, then it'll make sense. Right. It's like, oh, those are white lines. I, but it, with the rest of the army, it makes sense. That's where I'm headed. I just need to get there. I uh, see. Other than that, uh, I, I picked up uh, a Skycutter Chariot, the first one. And I got to tell you, I'm very impressed with it as a kit. I'm looking forward to pulling that thing together. Dude, that thing is gorgeous. I really like the model. I mm. know a lot of people say it's not really you know, good to use or whatever, but, man, that is a really nice model. Yeah, the, the hero that comes on it is, is really cool. Um, the Sea Helm. And but uh, yeah, I am unsure, unsure of it in terms of a gameplay point of view. I've only used them in the one game against you, which we'll talk about, right? Um, so, but I'm going to give it you know another shot. I, I think I like the models too much to not use it. And I picked up my second one today on the GW website <laughs> with um, uh, Hayne Begley. He he sent me that GW gift voucher, right. so I used that. Okay. And I wasn't sure because the voucher is only worth fifty bucks, but the chariot's worth sixty. So I wanted to put that towards the purchase. Right. Wasn't trying to do it on the site. So I called the number on the email and it was like a, a singles chat line. <laughs> Are you sure yeah. you dialed correctly? I dialed it twice just to make sure. <laughs> Are you sure? You I'm positive. Okay. Yeah. You know, I call I, the first if, time I'm calling back. If you're a man <laughs> looking for hot single women, plus, press one. If you're a woman looking for women, you know, <laughs> press two. <laughs> like, what? What is this? So I eventually got a hold of him. We worked it out, and so the sec- the second sky cutter chariot is on its way. Cool. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm I'm done prepping my orcs and goblins for Adepticon. It is very nice to kind of take a. Normally, I'd be like cramming right. hobby wise right now, but it's it's nice to kind of. I'm sit just back a little bit. I gotta. I'm making that little display board for Greg and I's army, and it's gonna be basic. I'm not. Mm. I've been building all this stuff, but I just I still don't know how to put all this stuff together that I've been doing from the. Well, you just got to do it in small stops. You've never done right. it before. Yeah. So, so our display board is just going to be, you know, base and flock and you sure. know, just something to bring that we have one. We're right. not, it's it's the team tournament. You know, I don't really care. Well, the display <laughs> board could be just that, the, the foam and flock and paint. Yeah. And, I mean, for, for what we're doing, it's not like, 
I looked at him. I said, "Dude, it's not going to be phased. We're not going to get full points for display board. I don't." He's like, "I don't care." He's like, as long as you have one, that's yeah, all. Yeah, crazy. We got one. We got the you know we got something to move it around. And we're 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 golden. What armies are you guys teaming up with? Ah, uh, vampires and demons. Ah, uh, okay. I don't even know what he, like we don't even know what each other's taking. We're just showing oh, really? up. Just showing up points. <laughs> no, no discussion on like what to do and. I'm gonna try, dude. We're busy. <laughs> We're there to play and have some fun and have a few I know, games. But, I know, but I mean, if it, if it helps your chances in winning more games, he ultimately. told me kind of what he's taking, and I think yeah. he's going no magic, so I can have all the dice. Okay, because the, my vampires need it. So I would think, with given your style of play with VC and you having all the magic, you'll grow up the central anvils, and he'll come in on the flanks, something like that. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, because okay. yeah, that that would be cool. Because he's got a lot of. I think he's taking a lot of corn. <laughs> That would make sense. So. He's going to fly. I got the zombies. He's got the corn. Right. You know, that's all we really need. He's got the corn. You've got the cheese. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited. And I got to say thank you so much to Chris Brosca because I can't get there and start the first game. He's playing the first game for us. Well, oh, that's some pressure on Chris. No, it isn't. If he loses, oh, oh man, yeah. Your, I'm just gonna do your team look- tournament champion hopes are dashed. Oh, that's right. All because of that Canadian. <laughs> He's gonna be like, I don't want to play enough. <laughs> He's going to hear this and be like, I ain't playing now, White Tech. He's not going to want to play because I called him what he is? Oh. What the? He's Canadian. Oh, did, well, did you just say that Canadian or did you say something I more said, derogatory? I said because he's Canadian. Oh, I thought you said that dirty Canadian. No, was... and see, now you're trying to paint me into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, hobby for you. What's up? Um, okay, so I've been building my models, and they're, none of them are on bases. i got to buy something to just like, make them stick to the base without really... I don't want to glue them permanently to the bases because I'm making bases, but I want to get them on bases so I could use the flipping models, Right. at least on the practice games and stuff like that. I think there are, there are two options that I would recommend. Okay. One is like blue tack, okay. almost like a poster putty. Right. You could use that. Another one is if you just do like a little dot of glue... You can go back in later with an X-Acto blade and just cut that right off. Yeah, I was actually thinking like Elmer's. Like it's not a good bond, but it's enough to keep good them enough. On, yeah, I suppose. on the base. And that that'll, I could pop that real easy. Right. You know, I don't want to use the super glue and have it weld the plastic together and i got to scrape between Well, them. I wouldn't use a super glue necessarily, but, you know, that, like the hobby glue like you have right, right on your table right there. Just a little dot of that. I, I've done it before. Just a little dot for now. Okay. Because I've been making bases. I've got my Herstarts molds, mm-hmm. all the Gothic molds, and uh, my 50-pound box of plaster. Can you believe you have 50 pounds worth? Dude, it was cheap. That was the cheapest way to buy it. Would, you, would you consider selling any of that? Because I might be in the market. Sure, I guess. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it cost me about a buck. With, with shipping, it was about a, I don't know, a buck and a half, buck 75 a pound. Yeah. I mean, it was cheap, you know. I mean, is it a white powder and it's un? It's grayish. I got the gray okay. stuff. So just put it in a big Ziploc bag. I'll meet you in the parking lot at like two <laughs> yeah, in the morning. Great. <laughs> you sold him that for ten bucks. <laughs> this is uncut, right? Yeah. The Herstarts molds, the bases, like the like the tiles for the flooring and stuff, mm-hmm. are all twenty five mil, and one tile in one of my molds is a twenty mil tile. Right. So I make enough in the cup to do two molds. I, I, it's, just, it's, it's, too, it's too much of a pain to pour that little to just do mm-hmm. one mold. So I'll make enough for two to four molds, and so I'll just put all the molds in there, fill them all up, pop right. all the pieces out, get my piece. Sure. Make another batch. So I've got all this stuff here to make. I could do some really cool stuff. 
I do want to do a display board where part of it is like the church busted down parts mm-hmm. and have the outside, but then like have it be like a quarter of the board. So you see them coming out from it, yeah. like have the ruined walls, but then on the other side have the cool, oh, cool. interior stuff. Like I want to do something neat with Intricate. it. Yeah, I mean it'll be really nice when it's done if I if I want to if I want to do it the right way. Like you know, well you know what Michael Fassbender says. What big things have small beginnings? Ah, that is true. So, uh, so once you mold those the, your your bases, are you going to mass produce them? That's what I'm trying to do. That's okay. why I bought the. Um, that's why I bought I bought a, a package of that Insta mold. Ah. See, here's the thing. So I'm making these molds, and I make that one piece, and so then I have to drill. I had to go by the right size drill bit, and yeah. I'm drilling five holes in it: one in the center, a big one, and then four small ones, mm-hmm. and then I've got these little round dwarf. The medallions from all the little dwarf bits. Right, it's a little dwarf face. Right, right. I've got the larger dwarf face off of the one banner bit, mm-hmm. and then I've got the smaller ones that I've cut off the little, like, you know, because they got all these little medallion bits. Right. So each, t- it's going to be like a tile piece, except it's going to have the dwarf face in the center with four smaller faces in the corners. And so I need to make ten of these to make a mold. Okay. But so I go through a batch and I get one. I go through another batch. I get another one. I go through another batch. So sure. I do all this work. It takes me over an hour to do the whole batch, like right. about. Hold on one second. So, you know, it's like I said, a, a full batch of all this stuff to start to finish, clean it off, be done mm-hmm. with that mold is about an hour. And I get one tile out of it. And I've made, I've got right now, I've it got. It takes you an hour to make one? Well, no, it's an hour to do the, the, the two to four different. Uh. To, like I said, you make the plaster, it only sets for so long before it's dry. Right. It's quick dry. So you fill up the molds with what you've got. You know, I'm not mm. just going to make such a little bit that I can do that one sure, piece. Right, right. So I do all the molds, pop them, do all the molds, pop them, and I get the one usable tile for this project. Mm. So I had 10. Two of them I actually broke. Uh-oh. So actually three of them I broke. So I've got, I think, seven or eight now, and so I'm I'm. Just just one more night's worth. You should yeah. be able to have your ten ready and you're off and running. Then I make the mold. Then I make them out of there, and that'll be the basis for all. I mean, I'm hoping the insta mold will last through about twenty applications, so I could do my whole army. Mm. You know, all of them. I'm going to do every model with those bases. Um, you know, so that way, uh, you know, matter what I want to use, so I, I want to make sure I've got enough. But sure. so yeah. I just spend a lot of time just trying to get these bases it's done. It's an investment, right? Well, you got you to do it right. Yeah. And not rushing, I think, helps you. Exactly. And here's the thing. I'm going to make one mold of the 10, and then I'm going to make a second mold if it works. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to do is make enough, like I said, when I make batches of plaster, it's enough to do two molds at a time. Yeah. So my small batch, if I can do two molds, that's 20 at a time. I can really crank them out then right. and start using them. And then really start getting them on their base. But I think that you've seen them. I think they're going to be pretty cool. They do look really good. You should post some pictures on the forum. Yeah, I'm going to. And Twitter and all the all yeah. the regular outlets. So I think if I can get that done, that, that'll be... Very nice. Look at you. Custom-made basing. Making my own. And I'm using that Hearst out, so that one base, I'm just jazzing it up and then... You're earning those, uh, you know, those painting points at all the various tournaments. Oh. Your, your, your rankings are already going up. It's really frightening, though, is seriously the amount of time and work I'm doing just for the bases. Like, I haven't even started painting them yet, just putting them together. But hey, you can't that's such do an important part of the Army, though. Yeah, and it's really, you know, it's just it's kind of cool because there's not much mm-hmm. to convert on the, on the dwarfs. But if I can put this in there. Play up the bases. Play yeah. that up and, and make that work a little better. 
uh, but actually making my own molds so I can mass produce mm-hmm. these bases mm-hmm. that I'm making is just something I'm, I'm I haven't done something at this level before. This it's is pretty, like when it's you, pretty cool when you started doing the Sculpey and all the, those different yeah, stuff yeah. for your bases. I was like, I should I want to try something too. So yeah, it's it's a it's a whole new level. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to how your stuff turns out. I'm very excited. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been planning the, trying to plan this color scheme for the army. Yep. Um, I'm tr- like I said, I want to try to make it similar to what Morgan's doing with her Empire Army, if that'll work in the overall scheme of the, of hmm. of my army. I'd like to do that. I thought that would be very cool. Uh, do you think you'll paint a model or two to kind of test your yeah. color scheme? Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I, I'm not even worried about that yet until I get, the, I want right. to get these basing, the bases done first. That's the okay. the first and foremost. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much most of what I've been doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> just... It's just taking a long time. Oh, I did get from uh, I did get that trade through with that with that guy's Cody Scott. He's home. Oh, the, the safe and sound guy. from the military. Okay, welcome back, Cody. And I have to mail out his stuff. I got his stuff. He did a cool thing. He um, I got all this Nurgle stuff. Now I have two soul grinders. Mm. They're just and they're just ba- basic soul grinders sure. built up, not painted or anything, so I could do what I want with them. A ton of play. So basically, you know, how I said I want to get a good sized army for you know each each mm. uh, each chaos god. Yeah. Yeah, I've got. Ton- I mean, I think it's like seventy plague bearers now. He had wow. on the list, and then he had a couple of heralds. And one of them, he took all the little nurglings mm-hmm. from the nurgling base and just kind of piled them all up a little differently. And then there's a couple where you glue the little flat base down. It's like they're doing handstands. Yeah, he flipped those two, two of those over and put them on the top. Huh. Like, What's and then he sat the little. He sat the herald on it. And he said to me, "Like, are these guys supposed to be like on a palanquin?" Like you know the yeah, yeah, yeah. Nurgle, they yeah, that's all the little Nurglings, just with the two oh, little things just cool. carrying them forward. So he sort of, so we've got a his converted little herald on a palanquin. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool stuff here. So I got all that Nurgle stuff now put aside, and and with the exception of a few little bits and bobs, so all you, the you whack player ogres are going going, going Nurgle. Ugh. It's all no. the rage right now. I I I'd like to. You just I, need two skill cannons. I'm going with also. all the gods. I'm giving all of it. I'm playing it all. That's the way to play my chaos. My chaos plays with mm. all of it. I don't care. So, that's about it for my hobby. And what about uh, any other? You got anything else you've been doing? Other. Uh, I I've played three games. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to slot these into the other okay. section. Come you you and I played a game. Uh, yes. Hiles versus dwarves. It was my High Elf Air Force Army against your new dwarf book. Yes. And uh, that was an interesting game um, Yeah, because we both took lists that we had never taken before. Right. And, uh, yeah, Skycutters I liked. I liked that list. I liked the way it plays. Very fast and very mobile, very hard-hitting. Uh, I get to pick my battles and, and kind of uh, charge in. Uh, and I liked it. And it's got the ambushing spears, which spears in general are kind of a liability because they're so squishy. Right. So the fact that they can ambush, I can kind of pick where they can be least right damaging to me they, sometimes I, they didn't bother me too much yeah they didn't bother me too much um in fact that game was so frustrating i thought you had it won in the beginning because mm. everything is fast and i got my little dwarf running and it's like right. i'm not getting into any combat that you don't want to be in. yeah i will be dictating the combat so towards the end of the game uh you had a unit of was it Hammers with your lord. Yep, hammers in the center of the board. Yep, I had charged it in the front with a frostheart phoenix 
Yep. In one flank with uh, my BSB on an Eagle with the Star Lance. Yep. On the other flank with three Reavers. Uh-huh. And in the rear, uh, I charged it with a Sky Cutter and uh, five more Reavers. Yes. So a lot of stuff that had gone in. I also charged with the speed with the 26 Spears, but they failed their charge. Right. Uh, so even with all that stuff going in, and I think you even said that you thought that you were in a lot of trouble. I was worried. I mean, I was on. I had guys on all four sides. I'm like, just you know, I'm like, okay, there's going to be some static combat risk here that I'm going to have to overcome. Right. And it just no, I really didn't. But hammers it just powered their way through it. I mean, all those attacks, rerolling with hatred because you had army wide hatred. I did get army wide hatred, and that right there, that roll right there is the most important roll in the game. That first roll of the dice mm. before any other things happen. What does my army do? And having my whole army get hatred is freaking huge. You know, if you go to a tournament where you get a tournament re-roll, that's what I would use it for. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that is so good, having yeah. army-wide hatred. Oh, it is, it's, it's, yeah. it's stupid. And that, that was the difference. I mean, hammers with two attacks is good. Giving them hatred is great. Having them straight six is even better. The Lord with shield bearers that I had was great. I mean, I finally took out a phoenix. Like I mean, I've taken yeah. one out before, but you know how much it, those frost hearts. Yeah. But uh, you're like, so oh. e- even charging you with all the, on all those different fronts and everything. Uh huh. That's one round of combat was enough for you to see everything dead. I think yeah. the only thing that survived was the sky cutter, and that was because I didn't put any attacks at it. Right, I attacked everything else. I mean, a lot. Of it, it's all just toughness three, no armor. So you're gonna <laughs> kill whatever you hit. It was vicious. It was yeah. pretty. It was pretty brutal. Um. Yeah, it was that was that was a pretty. I, I you charged with everything, and that was okay. And then yeah, they took it, they took that all down. I I, I do like that list though. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna run it again. Once like my second sky cutter comes, and they get the level, level four on the dragon, which is nice because then give him the four up ward save. He casts a spell. He's down to a three up ward save. So he's pretty survivable. Yep. I what did I do? I uh, how did I kill your dragon? What killed your dragon? Your cannon. Was it the game? Eventually, cannon? yeah. Oh, okay, good. That was just a weird game, though. You, you rolled so many ones. Oh, my God. Okay, first turn, fire the cannon, misfire. I have a rune to re-roll it. Okay, it rolls. What about the bounce? Boom, misfire, so it sticks in the ground. Right. Okay, well, at least it's stuck on that model. I hit that model. Okay, roll the wound. <laughs> one. Right. Are you kidding? Or and you that, wound it, and you do one wound. That was what happened next. Right. I, and, I mean, dude, it was just so so many times. You 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 were going to dimensional cascade. You had the big explosion. Okay, strength 10 hit. Roll it. Oh, one. One, right. I just, that was all night that was happening. You were laughing. It was getting silly. It was one time your cannonball bounced off an eagle. You couldn't even wound an eagle. No, that was the first shot. Oh, it no. hit the eagle and rolled a one to wound. You know, Bop. those feathers and <laughs> the armor. Oh, it was it was brutal. But, the, you know, I wound up winning that one in the end. Hmm. Um the Iron Drakes are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, against your big beasties, they had a little trouble. Well, you're taking a charge from two Frost Hearts and a Dragon. Yeah, you just charge. I mean, I had like 10 or 12 of these guys, and you're like, I charge with everything well, on I, the I planet. Can't allow, if you roll, have one guy left and you roll Snake Eyes, then that holds me up. I can't allow that to happen. I have to kill everything to guarantee that I can overrun. I see. So, leave nothing to chance, my friend. Plus, it's more chances to kill dwarves. <laughs> or dwarfs. Uh, see, you know, when you lose <laughs> to them, I don't know that you get to say call them that. We'll play but, again, my friend. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I'll I'll whoop you anytime you want. Oh, really? All right. <laughs> you get a little wind under your belt, and all of a sudden you're all. Uh, I am one win, Mr. Whack player. I am huh? one win, one draw 
for with this army. We'll see. We'll play it again. Uh, so well, I'm that certain was, I'll lose a bunch, but that was my game against you. I did play two games against uh, our our local hot, uh, Warhammer coach Alex Nikotenko. Okay, this was a little Adepticon prep. My Orc and Goblin gun line against his uh, Nurgle army. All right, and it was um, pretty much. I won't say too much because I don't know if he wants me to divulge his the details of his list. Of course not. Right. But we played um, Blood and Glory for the first scenario. And for the second one, we played... These are the old scenarios from last year's Adepticon. Okay. The second one, we played a modified watchtower, wherein this is the 18-inch box. We have to have the most fortitude in that box. I like that one. I do, too, but it, it makes you have to fight, because you have to be in the center. Right. Because the game could end after turn four. Right. So you got to be in there by turn four, and then if the game ends, and you don't have to fight too much good for you, but if the game goes on... Right. Then you got to keep on slugging away. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, I think my list, the alterations that I made, like making my Horde of Savages biggins, I think is a good change. Uh, I added uh, Snotling Pump Wagon, which is great. I've been saying that. that th- I'm like, I, you, I didn't see it. I mean, you have all this chaff and no mm. pump wagons. I'm like, oh, those things. They're, yeah, it's nice. They're they're another little bomb, just like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It's it, I, Mine is fully tooled up, so it's 90 points. Okay. In the two games I had against, had against Alex, one, it charged into a soul grinder. Yeah. I did one wound to it. He wounded me twice, drawn combat. So I ha- the, the pump wagon held up a soul grinder for a turn. I no, I, no one was expecting that. Right. Uh, in the second game, it charged a flank of Nurgle Beasts and did like 10 impact hits. Oh, no. Yeah, and it, in addition to the horde of savages in the front to those, because those beasts of Nurgles are tough. Oh, they're brutal. So you have to go in with a lot of force to, to kill them, and the pump wagon helped me to win that combat decidedly. Does Alex have the legit beast of Nurgle, like the GW model beast of Nurgle? Yep. Or just, okay. They're, I think they're older ones, but they are legit. Because they're, they're, they're a little weird looking. They're not the best models, mm-hmm. and they're so darn expensive. I know a lot of people are just finding anything else for them, right. and I was just curious. Mm-hmm. If he was running the, ri- I don't mind them. They're not the best model, but I don't mind the GW ones. But they are. Yeah. I think they're like what twenty two dollars a piece or something like that. I mean, they're are, are those the ones where they're they're bipedal and you, like a, they have a big eye and they're plastic. I, they they come might with be. like arms. Yeah, yeah. He oh didn't no, that's those. Those are the no. Those are the, those are spawn. That's the cast spawn. Okay, different thing. Okay, yeah. Now, Beast and Nurgle are just that big, hot, ugly, roiling mess yeah, of like stuff. Blobs of yeah, stuff, yeah. Well, like they but, should be. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of them for twenty-two bucks each when they're so good, and you really want to buy them. They're yeah, like, you know, yeah. you know. So some people don't like them as models, especially because you want to take like six of them in right. your army. Right. So. Understandable. Oh uh, man. So yeah, on, on that day against Alex, I went one and one. Okay. So. So I think I'm I'm ready for Adepticon. I'm cool. Pumped. Um, I actually had one more game as well. I played against Grant last night, and Grant was taking, uh, he was just trying out some stuff for his Lizardman army. He was telling me, he's like, he, he's never won a game with his Lizards. Ever? Like, he says he doesn't think, he doesn't recall, he says he didn't think he's won a game. Wow. He's, he can't wrap his head, they're so different in playstyle from his normal armies. Sure, he's right. got, what, Chaos Dwarves? He got rid of the Skaven. So yeah. he's playing, what, Chaos Dwarves and, and Warriors. Warriors of Chaos. Right. And those are a very different playstyle from Lizards. Mm. And so he's still trying to wrap his head around it, taking odd stuff. Mm. Um, I felt bad because I kind of, you know, we always, you know, we've talked about and other people have said, you know, I don't want to win because I don't know what your army does or what your army has. I don't want to get a gotcha victory. Yeah. I want to actually beat you. And when we were all lined up, I had my, uh, I had took, I took everybody's advice. I was complaining on Twitter how just 10 Iron Drakes just doesn't, it's like, it's cool, but it doesn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, take like a ton of them. So I took like 25 of them. I did right. like two rows. It was just a huge wide row. 
vanguarded him up, had a double root of slowness on him. So I was just like, I had him tool. It was expensive as heck. I sure. had to put the BSB in there. But I jumped him up front, and they uh, he had a unit with 12 Saurus Cav, mm-hmm. and then four characters, uh, uh, the General, the BSB on the Cold Ones, and then two heroes, the Scarvets or whatever they're called on Cold Ones. So a uh, Lord and three heroes total? Yeah. Wow. And then he had another Lord on the... On the the big Carnosaur. on the Carnosaur going somewhere else, but uh, you know I took the I, I marched I had I vanguarded up my uh, twenty five Iron Drakes, <sighs> flamed out like four or five of them right off the mm-hmm. bat the unit, then they charged the Rune of Sloan and stopped them. I stand and shoot, take out some more, mm-hmm. then I'm firing on my turn again, take yeah. out some more, stand and shoot the fourth stand and shoot with the, that was it. I had done one wound to one hero. Yeah. And killed off the whole rest of the unit. It's pretty good. But then I had four, I had three heroes and a lord on cold ones charging into me with their one up and two up saves. Well, you're not going to kill him, but he's not going to kill your entire block either, right? Oh, he, you know, he had a lot of attacks, especially with that lord. That lord's got like five yeah. attacks, and Grant was rolling up his dice, and I mean, every time he rolled, he was getting some, uh, what's the, where they predatory get fighter. predatory fighters. Yeah. Lots of hits. Strength seven on his lord. You know, strength five and six. So I'm not getting armor saves. Right. So I'm picking guys, but I had like 25, and I'm lucky enough that he was missing a bunch. Okay. So I was losing a few at a time. Uh, and then the whole plan with that was then I I reformed into just, you know, five wide, which left his flank a little more exposed than when I was ten wide. Mm. And I was able to charge him with some long beards in the flank and just having the ranks and the steadfast and all that. So I was losing... But I was steadfast right. on a 10 with the Iron Breakers. Well, actually, in the bigger picture, you're winning because you've taken out his unit. Oh, yeah. Just not the characters. You're, you're way ahead on points in that exchange. End of turn two, he charges in with those characters. Mm-hmm. That battle was going on at the end of turn six. So that's a win for you, then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to. The game was a draw, as I call a draw in well, Grant's that, favor. That, that yeah. matchup for you is a right. win. Yeah. But then my twenty-one longbeards with a with a runesmith went into that carnosaur. I mm-hmm. killed the carnosaur. Could not put a wound on that lord level mm-hmm. guy. And I mean, it's just you know I'm hitting on the fours, then I'm wounding on fives. I'm trying to get in. Once right. I took him off the carnosaur, I only had three guys in base contact with him, so I only had like seven attacks. Right. Yeah. And it's like okay, I'm hitting on someone. Get a couple wounds. Okay, my two up save, and then I'll get through. Oh, charm shield on the right. first hit, which I was like, Are you, "Come on, somebody. give me a wound." I did not. I did one wound over the whole. Out of those f- characters, I did one wound with the with the iron drakes when I was burning mm-hmm. them. Once combat started, those five characters, yeah. I did a grand total of one wound from the end of turn two to the end of the game. <laughs> Finally, at the turn six, I got the charge off. And the hammer is finally nailed into the side of his mm-hmm. general. All the hammer attacks, yeah. hitting on fours but wounding on twos because the strength seven on the charge. I did two wounds on the end, bottom end of six, two wounds to his general. Oh, you, you couldn't squeak uh, the, out that last wound? Oh, I did oh, four. That's... He saved two of them. Oh, with his, I was like, oh. But so that and, was and you drunk. had the army-wide hatred too, right? Got the army-wide yeah. hatred on that too. And if I hadn't, it would have gone much differently, I think. The thing is, I killed the carnosaur and I couldn't kill the rider. So that was like four hundred some points yeah, right there. Yeah, you gotta get both. You know, it was it. You know, it was it was crazy, but it was fun. I was a lot of fun. I need to get out of the VC mindset. Which I keep is looking what? at. Well, first of all, I keep looking at my army. My entire army, the both times I've played, have been less than ninety models. That's tiny. 
That's like one and a half units for your VC. I put out 90 zombies. Yeah. Three units of 30 in but, every game. But you got to think... Those zombies don't do anything but die. That's all they do. Yeah, but they also can. They, they, I got stuff held. I know what I'm doing. I just, I'm, I'm so used to just well, seeing so much. Yeah, you know, losing five and then putting them back. Oh, I'm not worried about. Right. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's a totally be, different game. I got to be so much more careful with what I'm doing, and I only have a few. And I can't even Van Hells them forward and mm-hmm. get them into combat fast. You don't want to fight. They don't have to fight. So I, I think you really have to put on your deployment hat now. Yeah, with your dwarves. Get the matchups you want, and you know the one thing about dwarves is uh, whatever you feel you can't beat. I think if you put in the right block against that and just hold it up, right, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Then the thing is, I I just found that I was you know you want to give everyone these cool things to get all the cool items, sure. But you know every thirty five or every fifty point item is another three to four guys off right, the table, right. and you got five or six of them in your army mm. that's a whole unit that you're not taking in order to buff the other ones so it's I'm still playing with it well, but the dwarf units inherently come with so many good abilities yes they're really rolling panic within six inches the stubborn yeah additional attacks the parries the armor saves exactness i mean they're the There's units themselves of, are are good yeah they can wound on better than a four plus but Winning on a four plus is sweet. So <laughs> nice, but yeah, we're like I said, I'm just running list and running list and running list. I'm having so much fun with it right now. Good and building Good. the models. I'm getting so excited. That's that's what you want because it wasn't that long ago that you were in hobby funk mode. Yeah. So now you're you're out of it. Sounds like I'm out of the funk. But you know, part of it is like I'm hobbying because I want to. Like I'm yeah. going to Adepticon next week. I'm going to see people. I'm all excited. Yeah, yeah. Other than making that display board, I'm not doing anything for a deadline. Right, hobbying without pressure. Exactly, and that's that's just about the coolest thing. That's the one that really makes mm-hmm. me enjoy what I'm doing is that uh, I can kind of do whatever I want. So Good stuff. All right, you know what? Let's take a break, and when we come back, we've got... Uh, well, you know what? We recorded for last episode, but we didn't yeah. have it uh, ready to use. Was, um, was We got interviews with uh, just me talking to Johnny Hastings, mm-hmm. which it was. it's like the world's worst interview. I didn't know what to ask him. This is like a, the first interview, and we hadn't talked to anybody yet. Okay. And I was like, so um, do you like Warhammer? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it was the, the world's worst interview. Um but it's just me and Johnny talking, uh, asking him. It's just kind of hey, wh- wh- what was it like? You know, I only sure. know what I saw and what I read on the forums, and so I wanted to see what he thought. Uh, after that, there's we're both on then, mm-hmm. and we've got um, Kevin Bruins. We got Kevin Bruins on and Midwest Regional Representative. Yep. So he talks a little bit about that as well as just yep. playing in the, in the Masters, and then we have the guy who won the whole thing, Justin Berge. Justin Berge coming on. After that, we will be back. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Hey, guys. If you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced 
And if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. Okay, back again, and in this big U.S. Masters, you know, hullabaloo episode, uh, (laughs) (laughs) there he is, uh, Johnny Hastings, folks, uh, winner of Best Painted at this year's Masters. Johnny, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. Happy to do it. Yeah. So, uh, wow, why was I not surprised to find out Johnny Hastings won Best Painted at the Masters? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do best. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought your your ogres. I did. So now you went. Uh, you know, you went to uh, you went to the masters, and uh, I know you were kind of deciding, or originally you were kind of deciding whether or not you wanted to go. So what uh, what uh, tipped your uh, mind in favor of uh, of going? Because I know it was you. It was kind of tight to fit into your schedule. Uh, it was just for the experience, being the first Masters and all. I figured I had a chance to be a part of it, so it seems stupid to give it up. I, I decided to do it. Cool, very cool. And now, now they 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 ran the uh, the Swedish comp. Am I correct? That's correct. So, how did you find that? I know that you're more of a person who, you know, obviously you can't just whip off a different list because. <laughs> Changing your list entails hundreds of hours of painting. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty constrained by you know just what I've worked on so far. Fortunately, I've seen it coming from a while away, so I was able to get three models done for it. Um, in terms of how the Swedish worked out, I liked it. It was it was a bit to deal with at first, but once once you realize what it's about and how it works, it's not a problem. And I thought it was cool because it at least mixed up the list that you're going to play you didn't see the same bs that we're used to over and over you know that you typically see in tournaments out this way okay. um, it, it made for some nice different builds at least you know people were compromising and so, some people making some serious compromises to fit into the comp and get a good comp score so uh, myself included there <laughs> so what did what, what was your comp score for your list it was 11.9 so kind of right in the middle, so not bad. And um, um, was there any what 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 was the major concessions that you had? Or I did not take a level four. I kept all the ogre and iron gut units smaller. I had a seven strong unit of ogres with two hand weapons, and then a six strong unit of guts, and then a second four strong unit of guts, whereas typically I'd pile a ton of dudes into one unit, you know, go for 11 or 12. I did not take a level four, so I went with a level two firebell and a level two maw, and I took a tyrant to lead the force. And uh, But it was cool. I mean, it was it was nice variety for me to play that too, just to see how the tyrant works, and I was pretty happy with it. Cool. That's great. Um, hey, where did you place overall? Not that, I mean, not that it's a big deal. I'm just curious because I don't have the list in front of me. 23rd with 55 total battle points. So you were kind of right in the middle, right? Because there was, there was 50 guys playing, am I correct? That's correct. 
Okay, so? Well, hey, I know <laughs> you were seeing the tournament from my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh... yeah, so, hey, you know what? It's the first time you're trying a new list. You're going down there. So I know a lot of guys from the Midwest are saying that, you know, they're kind of going to go down and, and for the experience. So let me ask you this. Um or let me preface it with now. I mean, a lot of people know, and I know you know as well, that uh, on the uh, you know the Warhammer USA uh, forums, which is you know the forums for the Masters, um, the 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 smack talk got heated <laughs> and heavy. Yeah, um, I read it and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 I, you know I know you well enough to know you kind of look at that stuff. You're like, yeah, I'm not even going to take part in that. I'm just going to kind of read yeah. it and listen. I mean, it did get heated. It, it it went from a little smack talking to some serious name calling there for a little while. It um, did get out of hand. It, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> you know, it 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 uh, it made a few people nervous for how these how this was going to go. So, overall, how was your experience at the tournament? I felt that nervousness for all of like 10 minutes and I'm like, you know, if that's how it goes, then so be it. I just won't attend again. But I didn't see any of that kind of negativity there. The camaraderie level was super high. Everybody I met was super cool. And, you know, that goes for everybody, even dudes that were involved in the crap talking that was going down. And, you know, everybody just showed up to have a good time and play games. And it was cool, man. Good, I, I'm, and I'm glad because I know we were all kind of watching to see what happens over here. Those of us who weren't going, and then even afterwards, there was, a, there was some, there was some got a little got a little heated afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, I haven't heard much about the master, so I'm like, oh boy, it's kind of you know everyone was there playing, and I saw, I actually saw you. I called you right while right after the tournament ended because I saw you on uh, on the live feed standing there talking to some guys. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna gonna bug you right there online. Hey, we can all see you. But uh, yeah, in, in fact, you know, afterwards, so like I said, I was just you know, we were all kind of waiting to see how this turned out. So, so you, but you, you really did have a good time, and it just wound up being a, a really fun tournament. Yeah, I'd say it was a really positive experience, and it's not the kind of tournament we're used to out here, just in terms of terrain and boards. I think we get spoiled out here, but. You know, in, in terms of how it was run, in terms of all the people that attended, and all those kind of things, it was it was well done, and it was a great time. So terrain came up a little weak. I mean, compared to Wapaka, terrain comes up weak everywhere. But I'm saying compared to say, you know, Acon or Bits or any of those things. Yeah, it came up a lot weak. <laughs> you know, it was. It was <laughs> hey, we're, re- we're being honest. I'm so. I mean, that would that would be something you would put in the hope to improve for next year category. I don't think it detracted from the games any. You know, like I said right. before, we're just used to a really high level out here, and, and it wasn't that. So, I see. Okay, and so let me go back to one last bit, and then I'll let you go. Um, is there anything that you would want to see changed or different uh, for next year? Yeah, I'd like to see it move to Chicago. So if I do get an invite, <laughs> it's really close. <laughs> Other than that, uh, no, I I think it was well done. I don't really have any criticisms. Lunch on day two was pretty blah. I don't, I didn't care for the pizza that was brought in, but uh, can't really. We're spoiled for that too. There, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, but no, I I think it was well done, man. Jerry, kudos to him and his gang. It was it was awesome. Great, great. And um, okay, you know what? I said one last question. I lied. I got one more. (laughs) So um, now you know the different. I'm 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 curious as to how you felt it went with the regions because um, 
I know a lot of the different masters tournaments in different countries. It's all you know. It's, it's the top ranked guys, and they go in for individual play. But the country's so large, we went with, uh, you know, not even the top ranked guys. Each region had its own system of who gets to go. Some went right out of ranking. Some went different. Um, but from an outsider's point of view, from a couple of people. It almost looked like it was ATC, like the American Team Championships, because each region, you know, was sort of separated. Was there any feeling like that, or was there anything like that at all? Um, you know, was there any sort of like regional anything going on? Yeah, there was a lot of that kind of talk, and you know, certainly when you're there, you're rooting for your own guys to do well. See, there was that aura to it, but it wasn't it wasn't disrespectful in any way, and you know. It, I thought it was cool, and I thought it enhanced the way everything went because, um, I mean, you are playing for yourself in the end, but you also want to see all the guys you're there from your area do well too. So Right. Yeah, I'm not asking if it was really – if there was, you know, camps or segregations or anything like that. I just <laughs> I just didn't know if there was that feel or not because it seemed – you know, it, it just seemed – like I said, and once again, I wasn't even there. I only know what I know from, the from you know, talking to the guys who run it as I'm one of the guys on the um, – on Bruins' quote-unquote backup – and, uh, you know, talking to Jerry and stuff. And that was one concern that I wanted to ask everybody about was, you know, did it feel like an individual tournament or did it feel like a team? Because I know Northeast rocked and took like seven of the top ten spots. They rocked. <laughs> From a team aspect, they were like, we are going to take the team aspect. And they totally did. Um, you know, and, and props to them for that. But uh, I just didn't know if there was a feeling of that there. Because I know a lot of us, I mean, I know – at least the guys, I can only speak for the Midwest guys. I know a lot of them didn't get in a bunch of practice games or, or work together, partially because we're really pretty spread out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I know there wasn't a lot of that going on, at least, you know, in this region. But I know some other regions did do a little more, you know, practicing as a team. So I was just curious if any of that feeling came across or if it still felt individual. Uh, I'd say that feeling definitely came across, you know, as you were talking to people, you know, people would consistently bring up how their region was doing as well as how they were doing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was a cool aspect to it. You know, it's, it is an individual event, but we genuinely give a crap that our buddies do well. Whereas usually, you know, like I go to a tournament, if Raj isn't doing well, I'll kind of laugh and pick on him a bit. You know, so. <laughs> Well, not, that's not empathize. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I guess more of our tournaments, it's everyone from our region. So you're not root- if you're rooting for people from your region, you're rooting for everybody in the damn tournament. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, cool. So, like I said, that's just what I wanted to check. Is that something you would keep in there that you that you, that you liked? Felt it was something that added to the event? Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. I mean, why not? It's it's already set up that way, so yeah, it, it adds a nice little quirk to it. Excellent. All right, well, Johnny, I know you have a lot to do, and I don't want to keep you any longer, so thank you so much for coming. And once again, congratulations. First U.S. Masters, best painted. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> oh, no surprise going to Johnny. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, and, folks, we'll be right back. Just listening to Episode 90, Ryan X Riders. I wanted to point out that Rhinox writers come from Forge World, just like Tamarcon comes like comes from Forge World. GW allows Rhinox writers in their tournaments, just like they allow Tamarcon 
in their tournaments. Reinhardt's Riders, just saying, stop the hate, love the Riders. All right. And we're back talking some USA Masters, and joining us is the one and only Justin Berge. Justin. Hey, Justin. What's up? How's it going, guys? That's going the good. first good. ever United States Warhammer Fantasy Battles Master. I feel we should all stand and salute. <laughs> yeah, we need to have Rocky playing. I just <laughs> right. don't have like, the music. I want to stand now, too, and I'm, I have to salute myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how's it feel? Uh, it feels awesome. Um it was uh it was a great event. Uh just just the fact of being able to go. Um quite a selection process from all the different regions mm. and uh especially in the Midwest, like you have to come in first or second at a major event and, and I don't know how some of the other regions selected it, but just, just the honor to go. Um you're playing against, you know, forty nine of the other best Warhammer players in the country and uh just being able to walk away from that, um, you know, as the victor, it mm. it, it really felt good. That yeah, I mean we were yeah it was now, I mean, at what point did you know you might have this? Like you know, I, we want to talk about your games and your list and stuff, but I'm just curious at to what point you realized it was after game three you were really high that you could be doing it, or was it not up until that last game? Or um, what- yeah, like game one um was pretty solid. Game two I actually lost. Um, it was it, it was a game against uh. uh Corey Reynolds, he runs a he runs a GT up in New York called Crossroads, mm. and um, he had like a dark elf avoidance list, and and that's hard for my list to deal with because it's like big blocks. Um, but I, I lost the game; it was during my loss, and then I won big game three, I won big game four, mm-hmm. and so I'm sitting on table three, and and I look over in table two, like ten ten draw. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a chance, Ooh. and then and then the, the table one is in a closed room so no one knows what's going on in there no one hmm. you, you can't see in there there's actually a guy standing at the door like it's pretty serious stuff <laughs> and, with a saber yeah you I shall mean, not pass honestly like secret service guys like with sunglasses and little <laughs> microphones in ears like but um but yeah so you don't know what's going on and, and i was just doing the arithmetic and i'm like man i need i need the second place guy to get like a minor win Mm-hmm. And then I should have this, and you know, we see them walk out and go to the judges, and then still they kept it under wraps, like almost all the way up until till the awards. So um, I got a few winks, and, and at that point I felt oh. pretty good. But yeah, <laughs> oh, it, was, man. it was it was intense. Like uh, one of the other guys from my gaming team, his name's Eric. He actually came with me. Um, he got invited too, and and we were just like sitting there, and I was like, I'm superstitious. So <laughs> people are like coming up, like, man, I think you got this. I'm like, don't say that to me. Like, don't. Right. Don't say that to me because it <laughs> happened at uh, when I went to Buckeye Battles too. Um, I thought I had first, like I thought it had it locked, and then I ended up coming in second by half a point. So, um, oh, yeah, geez. so I thought I had it maybe going um, probably like a few minutes before the award ceremony. So, okay. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, your local gaming scene and, and where you guys play and how you guys play. I mean, do you guys play with a lot of comp, Swedish comp, or otherwise? Um, this is actually the first time I've ever used Swedish comp, um, ever. In the Midwest, uh, a lot of no-comp tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, tell like, us about it. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, Adepticon, no comp whatsoever. Um, like, Buckeye Battles, I think, is no special characters. Um, it's just, even in the local gaming scene, we basically just do no special characters. Mm-hmm. Although now, with all the 8th edition books, we've been allowing them a little more. 
But um, yeah, local gaming scene. Um, I live in a suburb of Cleveland called Westlake, and then uh, we play in a, a little suburb called North Olmsted. And our our gaming stores recess uh, games. It's mm-hmm. it's an awesome store. It's like one of those beautiful stores, and we're really lucky to have it. And we play every Wednesday night around six p.m. And there's a group of like six to twelve of us that play, and and okay. usually we just play like you know random lists. Like I'll bring Beastman every week just for fun. Like I don't need to bring my high elves, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's filthy it's, high elves. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are <some laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too clean for their own good. Those right. high elves, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, we play every Wednesday, and then we, we have, go to tournaments all the time in the Midwest, but, like I said, no comp at all, so. So how did it feel to, to throw on the uh, the cloak of comp and, <laughs> yeah. and, play, and play the Swedish comp version the of it? The mane of justice, the right. cloak of comp. What? Yeah, it, it was so interesting. Like, first, I pulled it up online and trying to build a list based on it. I actually just put in the list that I bring to, like, most of my GTs, mm-hmm. the one I'm most comfortable with. And it was like a 7.6, which isn't terrible. Like mm. a 1 is terrible, and right. if you're under 0, it's banned. But um, <laughs> So I just was thinking of ways I can tweak it without like changing my list. And it involved things like simple things. Like I dropped Crown of Command, and that saved me a bunch of points. And I dropped a Dispel Scroll, and it saved me a bunch of points. And, and uh, Swedish Comp's really odd because you get dinged like on every unit. So like there's not there's very few units that you don't get dinged. I think like a chaos spawn's the only unit in the game that's plus zero, which is awesome. Oh jeez. No one takes them still, but you don't get comp right. for it. Um, you just but, get penalized less for yeah, for you penalized less, less exactly. Hmm. So I'm trying to think of uh, like ways I can tweak it. It was just simple, like dropping some magic items, um, dropping like one sister of Avalorn, mm-hmm. dropping one archer because if you have like 15 in a unit, it's a certain deduction, but if you have 14, it's it's less. So huh. just doing all these little um, little changes, and that got my list up to it's like eleven point. I think it was like eleven point five or something. Mm-hmm. So um, did you want to go over your list real quick? Just tell people basically what you had. Yeah, yeah, I can go through it. Um, first of all, I had a, a killing lord on foot. It, it's a prince with uh, the giant blade, um, the dragon helm, and the talisman of endurance. So a little bit of survivability, but he's mainly there for you know the four strength seven, yeah, always strike first. Choppy. Yeah, um, then I had an Archmage with the infamous Book of Broketh, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, the Book of Hoeth and then, and then the uh, the Talisman of Preservation. Mm-hmm. That actually was my biggest comp hit, was the Book of Hoeth. It was like three points just for the book, Yeah. So, um, which was huge. So then if I you had dropped the book, your comp score would have been about a 14 instead of an 11? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez! Just, but I was thinking to myself, like, I took away my Dispel Scroll, like, I need to have some magic. Yeah, you gotta have it. And the book is like better than any scroll could be, just rerolling one of those dice. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And then he took high magic. Um, then I had a a BSB, and, and this was another comp hit. I had a noble originally, mm-hmm. and I changed him to a, a, a the Sea Helm, the Lothern Sea mm-hmm. Helm, and I did it just because the Lothern Sea Helm's more expensive and like point value, which was good because I wasn't getting dinged anywhere else that I'd have to put those points. Oh, and there was interesting. Comp. Was the noble and the sea helm, and uh, dropping the the um, the the crown of command. The sea helm lets me, you know, like defend a little bit if I get awkward charges. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that that rounds out like those. Then I had just a level one um, mage that had a he took uh, heavens because it wasn't a comp hit, and mm-hmm. then um, I think it just yeah, and then the, the infamous um, handmaid the ever queen, which was awesome with the potion of strength and reaver bow. Very nice. 
So, and then core, I just had thirty three spear or thirty four spear elves full command with the flaming banner, just so they can survive maybe a little against cav or chimera mm-hmm. which still isn't good odds, but it's possible. And um, I had like thirteen archers with uh, with standard musician, and I had six reverse was my core, and then mm-hmm. special was only a big block of twenty four phoenix guard um, with the razor banner. And then rare was two bolt throwers, two eagles, and thirteen sisters of Avalorn. It's a very interesting list. No phoenix. No, 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 <laughs> no phoenix, and no banner yeah. of the world dragon either. Because no they're they're very rare. But I know I see at least two or three of them every time I look at a high elf army. So it's amazing that they just that must be where you get all of yours, Chris. They're not in his army. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, my high elves are. They go, come from that region where the phoenixes are plenty. <laughs> the phoenix region, I got you. Yeah. All right. Well, the phoenixes, the I think, took a, build. Yeah, they took a pretty big hit in oh, that yeah, pump system, no if, I, if I recall. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's something crazy. Like, if you take one, it's like four, three or four points. If you take two, it's like eight points or something. Yeah. That's yeah, that's getting nutty. So you build the list under the new comp system, and it would like, did you did you like it? I mean, was it at least interesting or? Uh, yeah. How far away I from mean, your you said actual you just had to kind of. It sounds like you just had to do some tweaks to get the points down. Yeah, it was. It worked out really well for me because I was so used to running a list that I didn't have to change that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it where it would have impacted other players without comp because you know some players run around with filthy warrior lists with right. eight chariots and stuff, and and uh, like dark elves with hordes of witch elves mm-hmm. and and you know stuff like that. Like you you get dinged on common lists like that, which which is tough to. To to get around, I think high elves probably gets get dinged the most. Um, like hmm. if you take a two phoenix build and then a dragon prince bus with with banner of the world dragon and and like three bolt throwers, like <laughs> you get you, you get, get annihilated. Yeah, I, I negative. Yeah, like there uh, yeah. was a few high elves that like so. negative too. Yeah, I I my I plugged my list into this comp system just to see what it would score, and it had you know the twin phoenixes, the bus, all of it, and I, I think I got a three. Yeah. It was pretty rough. So, and that's for how many points are we playing now at the Masters? Was it, 20? it was 25. 25. I'm going to have to throw my VC list in there just to see what it, what it scores. Yeah, to see how it stacks up. So your list is actually pretty defensive. It, yeah, is that how uh, your, all your games ended up playing out? Most of them. Game one, actually, um, the, war, the the Warriors guy was playing. Um, his his wizard exploded like on turn, turn two. Ouch. So, like... Immediately, since it's a twenty-zero system, he just like retreated and tried to save points, uh-huh. and um, that that was me like going across the board as fast as I could. Um, all the other games were pretty defensive, so my army's really good at taking down like threats mm-hmm. um, with with the shooting and magic, and then the Phoenix Guard running into whatever their best unit is, and and then holding them up, fighting off like that. Yeah. yeah. So, are you looking forward to next year's? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah. Are you an auto in? Like, is that how that works now? Since you won it, I you know I never <laughs> asked that question. Or, or an auto out on the way home. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like I'm like I wonder if I'm getting an invite back to, uh, next year, but we'll see. Um, hopefully I'll I'll do okay at Adepticon or Buckeye or another mm-hmm. Midwest tournament, and then that might give me the bid. I think the Midwest, like Kevin Bruins, is the chairman for the Midwest, and. It's it's basically whatever criteria. So if he were to say like, "Hey, the you were the champion last year at the Masters, you get an automatic invite," like then it would be an invite from the Midwest. It's not mm-hmm. from the actual Masters itself that does a selection. All the different regions do it. They're all different, right? Yeah. 
So I'm sure if I talk to him, be like, hey, do you mind if I go back? I'm sure he'll be like, yeah, that's no problem. I think you might be under consideration. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually Kevin's backup, and we haven't talked about any of that stuff Mm. because I basically told him, whatever you think, Kevin, you're the tournament Mm -hmm. guy. I'm the guy who stays in the basement with the microphone. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about him, too. He won Best Sports, which was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll have him on, too. Yeah, Yeah, we're actually going to be talking to him next. Oh, cool. Yeah, like every opponent he played said it was awesome, and I met him for the first time there, and wow, he's he's a trip, let me tell you. Him and Hastings, like two great guys. So Yeah, and Kevin's games are are very fun. He's a very uh, upbeat guy. Yeah. So it keeps it cool. Yeah, no, I, 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 Kevin's a great guy. Yeah, I get along with him really well. I haven't, I haven't actually played him yet either, but, you know, I've hung so, out with him enough. Justin, leading up to this event, did you play a lot of practice games? Um, basically, the only practice game, like, you, you know day one who your opponent's going to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And all the lists, like, the first game you know who your opponent's going to be, and all the lists are, are online. So, um, my friend Eric and I, who were both going, we would we just played each other's lists against each other. So mm-hmm. he played the initial warrior list that I was going to face against me, ah. and then I played the empire list he was going to face against him, and which was funny. Like we both defeated each other with the other lists, and we're like, man, we're going to do terrible like at this event. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he massacred me with warriors because my phoenix guard broke, and then oh. I annihilated him with the empire because it was pretty shooty. So um, that didn't that didn't go too well, but it was good practice. Like it let us know like what we need to do in those games. Right. But other than that, since I had so much experience with the list, like um, I, like I said, I came in second at Buckeye with an mm-hmm. almost similar list, and the many crossroads events I've been to in Du Bois and Adepticon, um, I felt pretty confident with it, even with the minor tweaks, because it still played out the same. So. Right. How long have you been playing Warhammer? Oh boy, um, fifth. Middle of fifth edition. Oh, jeez, yeah, he's old at it. That's yeah, quite no a kidding, while. Huh? Yeah, yeah, because we were just wondering because I know you know some some players in some regions. First of all, you know they they know they have more friends who are going, so there's a little more of a of a, of a group where they know each other going. Yeah, um, and you know they. I mean, we we're just curious as to what level. Like I said, that's why we asked. You know, if you had any practice games, and to what level? I mean, I know some guys were getting down there with the terrain maps, and okay, this is what the maps. You know. Because I know they were asking for the terrain maps on the website, like way before the tournament, so they could actually play with the, you know, with the with the board laid out the way it's going to be Re- laid out. Create tournament conditions. Yeah, do everything they could to get some to get a bunch of practice games in with each other. And yeah, uh, you actually sound like you've had more practice than any of any of my buddies that I, the guys that I knew going had because you actually had a couple of games against the list you're going to face. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, it was. It, it was good to see like what the weaknesses are in my army versus my first opponent. Um, that only helped against him, though. It didn't really help mm-hmm. against the others, but it, it at least gave me an insight like what I was going to be up against. Hmm. Yeah, because otherwise you got to sit there and just go through the list and find players and be like, oh, let's try against his list. Let's try that list. Let's try playing against that list. Well, the the big strength that you have is though is that you're so familiar with your list. I mean, I think that is a huge advantage in your favor. Yeah, I know what like they can take, right. um, and I and I, you know it's one of those things like that's I, I do have a demon army, but one of the reasons I don't like playing is because like high elves, I know when to make that flee, like that critical flee mm. that you need to make, and I think it's so important in the movement phase in Warhammer, and uh, just like knowing against warriors, like what units I couldn't stand up against, mm-hmm. like even my Phoenix card, if I get front charged by all of his characters, a warrior block, and then you know who knows like skull crushers, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to fight that, like. So it's just knowing like what units I need to take out in what order to to mm-hmm. maximize like my probability. So 
Interesting. Justin, can I ask what you do for a living? You know, it almost sounds like you have a math or some kind of technical background. Yeah, actually, no. I mean, I graduated from college with a degree in history, but <laughs> degrees in history, you can't really use them <laughs> right. for so much. So you teach foot, you coach football. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> no, I actually, I work for Target. Um, hmm. I'm an executive team leader at, at a Target store near my house, which oh, is nice. like, uh, like, it's basically like an assistant store manager. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Cool. So, um... What did you think about the whole dynamic of the of the Masters? You know, um, uh, I don't I don't recall you being really that. But I know there was a lot of, there was because there was a lot of stuff online beforehand mm-hmm. at the the USA Warhammer website, and uh, you know a lot of talking going on, a lot of you know the different groups sort of smack talking. Um, how did that? How did that play out when you guys were there? I mean, you know, the whole group dynamic, the whole regional dynamic. I guess I would say. Yeah, um well all the different regions were were awesome. It was it was really cool that they like gave us shirts and stuff to separate our region and and um I I really enjoyed that aspect. There was a ton of trash talking going into it. Um but I mean that that's the way it is. Like I, I, people were just really confident and and um it it was sort of like <laughs> I don't know if if it turned out to be this in the end, but it was the northeast is known for like they're really good at, mm-hmm. at Warhammer. Like they they play in like fifteen grand tournaments a year, and and um, they were just they were um, they made some comments that that sort of um, put some of the other other regions at, at unease, I should mm-hmm. say. And um, but but when we got there, like it sort of all disappeared, um, and it was just like hmm. good games against good opponents and and just awesome sportsmanship. Um, I don't think there was any negative comments at the event at all and um i mean i played against Corey from the northeast and and he's a class act and like every other northeast guy there were like class acts which was which was awesome so um it's it's just like anything with with any with with any competitive game i guess you're always going to have like the momentum building up to it but then right. like when it actually happens like sportsmanship really shines through which is great um like I found out I won, and then literally I had all the Northeast guys come up to me, like shake my hand and sincerely congratulate oh, cool. me, which was which was fantastic. Like, and I see those guys a lot at like Crossroads and Du Bois, mm-hmm. so um, it meant a lot. And uh, just the different play styles from the different regions was awesome. Like the West Coast guys and the South guys are just phenomenal. Like you can tell they have a lot of just pick up drinking games, like at their mm-hmm. homes. Like, um, <laughs> and that's the kind of Warhammer that like I like. Like it's all about sportsmanship, and uh, and I think that. You know them adding the sportsmanship award when they had no intent of doing it was really big of them. So, yeah, that is that is pretty cool that they added it, even if it last minute. Yeah, we got to ask. Uh, we're definitely going to ask uh, Jerry about that. Yeah. That got added in like that. We're going to ask him about that when we talk to him. And speaking of sportsmanship, we should note that Justin, you had won best sportsmanship at a previous Adepticon some years back uh, using Techless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two that years was, uh, ago, it was the old Teclas too. It was the old, the, it was which the, was uh, the, the tougher Teclas. It was the yeah. Uh, as long as I don't get into a fight, you're dead, Teclas. How did you manage that? <laughs> it was it was uh boy was that an interesting <laughs> interesting event. Um, I was just I, I don't know I, I it was it was back when it was only a one day tournament Adepticon, which was I guess two years ago. Yeah, um, four games in one day. Yeah, four games, and I annihilated three of my opponents with Teclas. And it was it was bad. Like I took Laura Life, and I was just irresistible in dwellers. Oh, yeah. There was no lookout stars or anything for it at Adepticon. Like um, every turn, just irresistible dwellers. Mm. But I think the few of the things that like I I did with my opponents was funny. Like in the one of the games that 
it was a skaven guy and and um all he had left on the board was like one more like engineer and <laughs> Teclas's unit had finally died and Teclas was down to like one wound and the warlock engineer um he ran up and i'm like you know what you should do you should just march up and just try to miscast so you're gonna get a template and kill Teclas. and sure enough like he didn't even think of it and then he runs up and he miscasts and kills Teclas. and he's just like celebrating we're like <laughs> giving each other high fives over the table like just stuff like that a it was moral victory it was, yeah, it was awesome, and um, just you know, we just try to make fun situations in the game. I got, so. I got best sports because I kicked everybody's butt with Teclas, but before the end of the game, I let them kill Teclas. Yeah, <laughs> I got. But hey, here's Teclas. You can kill Teclas. I kill Teclas. Like, That's my favorite game. I like celebrate it. Like there's 30 Teclas armies running around right now. Like celebrate the fact that you can kill them and. Uh, just you know, like we would, we'd have drinks at the tables, and mm-hmm. and we'd be celebrating like good rolls, and you know, like high fiving across the table. Just those are the fun games, and and uh, yeah, they called me up, and Alex Gonzalez calls me up, and and says like, yeah, Justin Berge winning best sports, and I and I walk up, and I I take the mic, and I just say, and to think all of those that said a techless army couldn't do it, and there's just booze everywhere. <laughs> like I'm just yeah, getting booze. I remember yep. that vividly. Yeah, it was it was awesome, but I specifically did it because you know it doesn't matter what cheese you take; it just matters the kind of player you are. So absolutely, yeah, I think you're yeah. playing the game right. Then there you yeah, go. Exactly. All right, well, Justin, listen. Any last thoughts about the Masters? Anything you want to let people know before we wrap up? Anything they should know about it? Uh, basically, I mean, I just want to stress like how amazing an event it was. It took a lot of dedication and time from Jerry and all the guys that ran it and, and all the, the coordinators for each region. And um, to set up something like this, like they had done it in the U.K., and, and um, it, it, it's a lot of work. And the amount of time they put into it and the care and, and just the event in general, like the store was great. Um, I think one of the highlights of the event was the taco cart that pulled up mm. for us, which was amazing. Like every single GT should have a taco cart. So, um, That's a good idea. But, yeah, uh, it, it was a great event, um, and and I think that it'll be something that every year, like, looking forward to it. And it gives a lot of people around the country, like, in, in their different regions, like, reasons to, like, go to grand tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff because they want to get invited to the Masters. Like, you want to be in that situation. You want to meet the people around the country. So it, it actually might pick up a lot of the um, the independent tournaments around the country, too, which will be awesome. But, yeah, great, great guys, great staff, um, everyone around the country that came, like, just a big thanks. Like it was huge and, and I really look forward to next year. Well said. Yeah. We are looking forward to seeing how things develop as well. And, uh, again, congratulations on your, on your win and look forward to seeing you at Adepticon. David and I will both be there. So absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. I'm there. Uh, I think I'm there all four days. So, uh, just, I hope to see you guys there. Nice. Excellent. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show and congratulations. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Thanks, Justin. And we'll be right back folks. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirse miniatures at mirseminiatures.com 
Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. are back that's where we are we are here you are there you are listening we are coming in through the speakers into your ear holes when will that be now soon there you go and joining us is kevin bruins and he's joining us right now kevin hello everybody how you doing hey doing pretty swell so uh, it's okay that you're here, right? Because I don't want Brasca kicking me in the skull next time I see him because we stole you away from the Skull Bros show. Huh. No. Because Brasca will just Brasca will rip out my eyeballs and violate my skull. That's, you know. I think the pre-Masters talk was enough for the Skull Bros. <laughs> <laughs> they were bored with it about five seconds in. <laughs> that sounds like it. Well, that was the thing. I mean, you know, you know. Because we also we got Hastings. I talked to Hastings the other day. You know, Johnny won Best Paint, mm-hmm. and then it's like I said to Chris, like, "Well, I got Johnny. Should we ask Kevin?" It's like, "Well, okay, Johnny's going to be on Point Hammered. Kevin's going to be on Skull Bros. Do we want to try cherry picking people before their own shows?" I said, "Oh, just ten minutes. No one will mind. <laughs> sure, more coverage the better. Exactly. Right? Yes. And I think more people need to hear from Kevin. That's Absolutely. It, Absolutely. You know, Speaking oh, of which, gosh. Kevin, Thanks. tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit about your role in the USA Masters outside of being a player. Yes, oh, so I, I'm sorry, uh, I believe it's pronounced playa. Oh yeah, sure. Or so, play uh, a play. <laughs> hey, when you win best sports, you go from a player That's to right. the playa. So I'm just saying. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I was approached by Jerry. Um, oh gosh, a year and a half ago about being the Midwest representative. Um, so they that meant that I would rep- try to get feedback from Midwest players and tournament organizers for um, qualifications for both the event itself, like how to be get it, receive an invitation to the Masters. But then also um, I would be a part of the committee in voting on like composition systems, what scenarios would be included, um, things like what T-shirts we were, like T-shirt design we would select, um, some of those kind of fundamental stuff, when it would be, um, where it was was pretty much like Jerry was able to get us a a really decent venue for Mm -hmm. no money, so that was, answered that that question. Right. (laughs) So, um, but there's a lot of the the nitty-gritty kind of details um, that uh, we worked through for about a year and a half. Okay, so the the regional reps then are very much at the core of the the organizational part of this entire endeavor. Yeah, and I think in we learned a lot in the first year just because of how I think 
there's a lot of different Warhammer cultures in the United mm-hmm. States. And so there's a lot of different approaches to the game that we had to really sort out ahead of time, um, get feedback from players in our regions, and then try to bring it back as a committee and try to come to some sort of consensus as a nation mm-hmm. because we play really different versions of Warhammer. That's a good point. Speaking of which, you know, being the Midwest rep, you you know full and well that, you know, we're typically a no-comp brand of Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, but they use the Swedish comp at this event. How did that conversation go between you and the other reps? Yeah, so I think the best comparison for the United States is, like, the Midwest is, like, the libertarian anarchist with the V for Vendetta mass on <laughs> of Warhammer. And then there's other regions that are more like some nice socialist countries in Europe. <laughs> and then, like, the Northeast is down to, like, I don't even know what their comparison would be. Like maybe some sort of really regimented, rule oriented group of people, and like in a, in a good, like in a good way. Like they, I think we went, <laughs> like we went there, and we was like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're just a bunch of talk. No, they just practice a lot of Warhammer, and they like analyze a bunch of stuff. Um, so like the Swedish comp was not. Uh, it was kind of the consensus. Like here's the middle ground kind of system. Like the Northeast never had played under Swedish comp. Um, but oh, some really? of the folks, yeah, so they, they, they play under some comp systems, like the ETC comp system and some kind of homegrown comp systems, mm-hmm. but the Swedish comp was used more by the Southeast, um, the mid Atlantic and some one in Texas and a tournament in Texas and maybe out in California. And so the Northeast and Midwest were actually the only ones that weren't familiar with the, mm-hmm. with, um, the Swedish comp. Interesting. Yeah, we actually had a lot more similarities. Like, we're so polar that it, we had a lot in common a lot of times. Okay. <laughs> Coming full circle. Yeah. yeah. It was going so far in the opposite directions, they met on the other That's side. Right. There you go. They've gone to plaid. So now that the event has come and gone, has your opinion... I don't know what your personal opinion on, on comp or Swedish comp was, but has that changed? Um, It... I think just justified the feelings I had before. <laughs> Which were what? Um, so I tried to vote based off of, I think, what the Midwest folks wanted. And so mm. I spent a lot of time voting no on cop okay. <laughs> um, in almost any kind of way that it showed up. Um, <laughs> just because whenever I would be like, hey, what do you think about this? And everyone would be like, no. <laughs> so it was like, okay, no. Um, but I think the Swedish cop is difficult is because – especially to import it because you kind of are importing a different style of play mm. and then putting a different meta into a different country's understanding of the game overall. And the Swedish comp, I think the best example of how it was not a great system is um, the day after all the lists were turned in for the Masters, the beta for um, the next rendition of the Swedish comp came out and most of the Dark Elf lists comped five points less, which in-game turns about to 500 victory points difference. That's a huge difference. So, And so there were no changes done either because that was... And it was just a beta beta that it kind of had snuck out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Someone was like, yeah, don't worry, we fixed the Dark Elves later, but it it didn't work with the system that they had. And, And obviously those players, they they played within the rules that were there, and so all the power to them. Um... Hmm. But I think the Swedish comp system, particularly combined with in effectively infinitely high hills and then um, lookout serves for characters, meant that Death Stars were a plenty, and in ways that you couldn't easily deal with them. 
So that was interesting. I got to say, and I know I'm not the only one who thinks this, because I've had, I've had other people I know say it. You could have had no comp and had lists that were no worse than that. You know, I haven't played the I I haven't played at the Swedish comp. I've gone through it. I've I've scored a couple armies and things like that, but it still feels like moving the goalposts. And I found because I didn't play with the system is after my first game, I was really lucky. And the first game, we both had a very similar points level for our comp score, um, and I won that game through kind of some luck and some different moves and that kind of stuff. But then as we were filling out the score sheet, it like came kind of came to me i was like oh my lord this has such an impact on the game hmm. is because there would be rounds where you would start you'd both have your full armies and like i had a 6.2 high elf list because the swedes hate high elves <laughs> um and and so i'd be like i'm already down 600 700 or 800 points and that would change the way that i played the game um and i would play way more aggressively cuz it was like well i'm down 700 points i got to <laughs> i got to go get some so going Jeez. through that process and realizing you're down and forcing you to play aggressive mm-hmm. uh, was that uh how was that experience for you um sometimes it worked really well um but against the brolock death star with four repeater crop, bolt throwers and a dragon mm-hmm. it did not work very well <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> If if I if I kind of I didn't really conceptualize like what all that meant with infinitely high hills, um, if I was trying to play super competitively and maybe more like a jerk, I probably would have just hit everything behind a hill because um, I wouldn't have gotten twenty nildas easily. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, without that points difference, it would have been like a seventeen three or sixteen four or something in the twenty zip mm-hmm. system. Um, but with that points difference, it turned into a 20-zip, even though I had a significant chunk of my army left on the table. So does that mean that that Dark Elf, that particular Dark Elf uh, list, was their comp score pretty soft? I would imagine yeah, it would be there, pretty was, I think there were like a 10-something, so it was pretty, it was pretty high. 10, 10 is a, was probably an average for the event, mm-hmm. but the power level around a 10 was very different. Um, like a Warriors of Chaos with... Um, one or two of the Zinch characters and like Dragon Ogre Shagos would mm-hmm. get like a nine. But like mm-hmm. a Brolock Death Star with all the characters, four repeater bolt throwers, was aiming around a 10, sometimes a little higher. But it, it feels off to me. But yes, in I, my I banner, it, so. yeah, in my banner of the world, so like a 6.2 was no banner of the world dragon, one frost heart, um, book of Hoeth, not on death, not on shadow, mm-hmm. on high magic. Um, and in my list scored a six point two, hmm. so it was, it was interesting. But I like I kind of it, at one point it was like it was helpful is because I was always down, mm-hmm. so that meant that I think I played more to my Midwest roots of just going guns in. Right, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so, so that I think probably helped me have more fun in the game. But I don't think that, that was necessarily a result of the Swedish comp in itself yeah. and more of like well I'm at the Masters and I'm down 700 points already so I better like talk and go jeez well it does have the virtue of you you see armies that you normally wouldn't see at your no comp events oh sure yeah well, I saw I played I played uh, Mark Cox from out of Texas and he had a sweet Fellblade dude it mm. was awesome that was cool nice yeah so uh, so Kevin um Best sports. Now, when did they decide to throw this in? Okay, so in case anyone doesn't know, like Kevin has already told you, he's like the Midwest, like the the rep. Mm-hmm. They have backups. 
like, I don't know, in case Kevin gets hit by a bus and they need a vote, you go to the backup or something like that. The backup is also supposed to advise and help the uh, guy make decisions. Um, that backup is me. And yeah. I just I want to let you know that, honestly, every, Kevin deserves extra bonus points. I don't know how the other regions are doing it. But, like, <laughs> this might this might speak more to me than Kevin. But not only haven't I really helped him, but I have like the phone's not ringing. It's not like Kevin's White Tech. What do we do? I'm it's like okay, White Tech's in his basement recording the show with Jerry. That's okay. I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's funny because I'm I am one of these reps, but like it's well, it, put your it's rep all hat, about Kevin. Put your your backup rep hat on now. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask you guys some questions because well, I didn't know about the whole sports thing getting added, and then they're like, oh, Kevin well, Bruins one best sports. Like, when the hell did that happen? So what 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 prompted that? That happened Sunday morning of the event. <laughs> Sunday morning. Okay, so even so if I wasn't aware, I wouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, so that was that was a very late addition. It was, and um, the reason was is that um, the South East normally just gives a big cash prize out at for like best overall or something like that. Um, so he, someone had mentioned that that was kind of really weird. It might set a weird precedent for. Um, the future Masters events, if it just was a big cash mm. prize, it'd get all gross and weird and fuddly and oh, competitive yeah. and that kind of stuff. So someone suggested, well, what if you split it up amongst the best overall? You did some different raffles, um, which um, most of the United States does. The Northeast does that. California does that. Uh, Texas does it. Midwest does it. And so what they did is they um, split up some different prizes for um, just raffles for just players. But then they also um, put it in for a best sports vote. Um, and then it didn't affect the overall standing. It didn't affect the region points. Um, it didn't affect any of it. So it was its own kind of independent award. And so they did that for that. And then, um, some of the painting awards. And so that was a, a, a very late addition, mm. which I don't think we would have thought of had we not like been sitting around sharing beers with each other. Um, that wouldn't have been something that had come up beforehand because that was a very, you know, different regional cultural difference. So you wouldn't have known about it, Dave, because it happened on Sunday morning. Okay, um, so I don't feel as bad. No, 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 and that and it was a. I, I had to shut my mouth because I know I'm pretty sweet, so I just was like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll let everyone else vote on this." And Sunday happens, morning, people happens. just came up to me and said, "Kevin, they're demanding a best sportsmanship award, right. so we can give it to you." So we would like to you to be able to buy a gyrocopter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got two or three, so. I don't even yeah. remember if I have two or three. I think I've got three. I've got three. Well, two questions since I have the two Midwest reps <laughs> sitting right here. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the uh, the Midwest selection process, what that was, and if it differed from the other regions. Yeah, Each region was different. Hmm. Um, so there's no two regions that shared the same selection process. Um, the Midwest selection process um, in its hypothetical was – <laughs> the top two <laughs> best overall places at the top five most attended tournaments in the mm -hmm. Midwest um, to the to the top two Midwest guys. Um, and some folks weren't able to make it because their kid was at a science fair or because um, they didn't necessarily like the comp system or they just couldn't take more time off of work because right. they broke their knee and all sorts they of crap like that. They broke their knee on a trampoline, Brad. yeah. Um, so you really got to get your priorities in line. But um, <laughs> so then we kind of just went down from there. Um, so it ended up at the last minute, a couple guys, um, so eight, nine of our players received, went down the list as kind of normal. And then, um, and Mia was going to receive, um, an invitation mm -hmm. for Adepticon, 
Um, so he was he he was the next down on that list, and then our Adepticon guy before him um, had to drop at the last minute, and then another guy from I think the Bits qualifier dropped, mm-hmm. and so Grant and Emil stepped up because we just wanted to make sure we had ten folks come along. There's a big mass email that was sent out to a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. um, so nine effectively made it based off of the original qualifications. Um, and and Grant had it because he was in the top um, thirty some players in the Midwest, and so um, Jerry and the other guys were like, "Well, that makes sense. We want to make sure that there's a full region mm-hmm. representative." Um, so we're and we're looking for feedback for next year. Um, we were going to have it be on rankings, but that disappeared. It like popped right. up for a second <laughs> and then went away. So so <laughs> that, that but that email that you sent out to the people that you know Grant responded, and so did uh, and you know and Meal was going as well. That was still based. That was just like you were running out of time, and these were the next, you know, yeah. eight or nine people on the, the list. Level. So these yes. were the people who got asked, and then it became you know, because of time frame. But they yeah. were still people who were ranked. I mean, they were the next in oh, line. Yeah. But instead of going one at a time, you just said, "Listen, we're we just had a guy right. drop its last minute. We're going to yeah, ask a bunch of you guys, and <laughs> whoever grabs it's in." There you. Yeah, I mean, so. it was within a week and a half of yeah. the, for right. those last yeah, that's, two spots. That's so a small window. Yeah, I mean, so, I remember Grant saying, telling me he's going. He's like, I got to make a list, and he wanted to practice so bad those last two weeks. It's like every night he's on. He didn't yeah. have much time to, to prep. And so. I was so thankful for Meal and Grant to do that, and they they really represented the Midwest well, along with all the other players. Mm-hmm. So I think they did just a phenomenal job. So, but we are looking for we we. There's you can we, say we. You yeah, are yeah, yeah. We, so. You say we. We need we we in there. So we are looking for feedback, and you can send that to me as well as to Kevin. Um, Kevin, where do people send the feedback? If I'm from Midwest, at least, if Midwest wants to send it, they can put it on the Wargamers USA forum. They can okay. send it to me. They can send it to you by email. Right. Um, what What I'm doing is compiling different suggestions. I'll make a post to the Wargamers USA forum, and then I'll make another one for um, the magnificent that one word because you got you're all family friendly, you right? Can, you can say, say it, it's bastard. the name of their the website, the magnificent bastards blog. Yep. Um, so I'm going to have those different suggestions go up. And then we'll hopefully get some different feedback and then decide um, how we want to move forward from there. Um, since there's only been one or two big events, um, and it, you know one of them's like Mike G won Wapaka mm. again. So like, right. good job, Mike. Way to go. It <laughs> <laughs> was so hard because last year he kept winning like in, in like winning or in the top two for like the first three or four tournaments. So I kept going down the list because he kept on messing everything up. So he needs to get worse at Warhammer or like you know have a challenge and not play Warriors of Chaos he needs to do he needs to pull a Bobby (laughs) Fisher he needs to go there with four armies and just set up the four opponents at tables one next to another against him he just moves rolls his dice goes to the next table moves rolls his dice Mm. goes to the next table I do want to point out that um, I did better at the Masters points-wise than Mike Gerald. So I'm just, oh, for the record. I'm just putting it out there. But it no, could I'm not be saying. I'm just saying. It could be because we dro- we flew to Philadelphia, they canceled all the fights, and then Mike had to drive for nine, about nine hours Ooh. in the rental car on the way down. So that might have contributed <laughs> to have not playing. Fatigue as a, is a factor there. Yeah, oh, that really sucked. But that's the dedication <laughs> but, to get there, though. The people's oh, champions. Man. Going from blizzards to tornadoes just was not a sweet thing. Wow. <laughs> it's like you're traveling in the Warhammer world, literally. Yeah, we really failed on the Storm of Magic rolls, let me right. tell you. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I guess a lot of people didn't realize that every region picks completely on its own way. Yep. And some guys are going right off ranking, some people are going like this. And yep. then so the question came up to me a couple of times is, 
you know, about the regions. Why do you even bother to have the regions? Why not just pick the 50 best guys in rankings and say, hey, that's the top 50. It doesn't matter what region they come from. And I know that got shot down right away in discussions yeah. because everybody sort of wanted to be there at least in some part, you know, partly because we're so big and so spread apart. How difficult was that? I mean, it just seemed like potentially there could be a lot of nastiness. It, well, it was more divisive than pulling everyone together. It right. seemed like in the beginning. In the Well, yeah, and I know that the whole point was to get people from all over the country together, which is why you definitely wanted people from each region. I guess I was worried that it was going to turn into an ATC, an American Team Championship, when it was originally oh, a yeah. Masters, which is an individual thing. Mm-hmm. And I said part of this is from you know some of the, some of the Internet strife that went on in the forums, yeah. you know. This is not a team thing. The hell, it's not a team thing. And so that when it became regional, suddenly it became groups. And we just wondered, you know, how you felt about it. Do you feel that that's good for the whole overall? Did it work well? Um, or is it something you guys think we need to look at this year? You guys, or this is what you think you need to look at this year? Um, I really liked the regional aspect because there are such different um, – play styles, cultures, understanding of the games from the different regions. Um, and I, and if you just did a top 50, then a region with more events or players that can go just more consistently. Um, or it, it, then we have to, as a, as a country, decide what is, what do we think all for all regions would be the way that all of these different players could go to this event. Um, and I think that that would be too difficult because there's just very different understandings of how to play the game um, and what is kind of valued in your different region. Um, but I think it I think it worked out well. Like I think the Northeast and Midwest being first and second for um, region placement um, really speaks to um, th- how how well the system worked because of. Oh, the, oh, that's right. the Midwest was regions. second for the, yes. when they ranked Overall, the regions. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that that really spoke to, like, we chose best overall, which um, I think some people initially online were like, well, that's going to be really stupid um, because we want best general and you want people to go there and be the best whatever. But um, I think it worked out for us, and we, like, we played a totally different game of Warhammer that we weren't familiar with whatsoever. Um, And, yeah, we turned out to be, you know, second best overall Mm -hmm. for a region. Um, It is, I think... That that award is a nice award, but it's an event more more like the Olympics where um, you come out with the master. Like one person gets gold, right. and then you know, yay for your country, yay for your region. But you, you may compete against each other um, for that top spot. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, weren't the first two rounds wasn't there like regional immunity where you didn't play people from the same region? Yeah, and I think that that is an advantage is that if we had it be the top 50 or the top 70 players come to the event, um, then there'd be no incentive to have regional immunity. There'd be no incentive to like right. play different regions and that kind of stuff. And I think that the Masters really and truly did, um, for a- as competitive as it was kind of built to be, um, turned into a really positive community event um, that I don't think... I didn't think that was going to be what happened. Mm-hmm. I was a little skeptical of that, but having gone, like it you was weren't the only one. <laughs> but but having gone, like it was so awesome and so amazing and such a great community building event. Um, and I wish I had lots of money, and I wish we had a, <laughs> a train system that allowed me to go to the different places because I don't want to get on an airplane to fly to Warhammer again. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> 
but I think it, I think for it did great, great things for our community because we had different regions. And so that let regions be able to select what they thought was the best representatives of their community, um, whether best generals, best overall, best, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really worked out because the best people to choose the representatives for their area is that area rather than a big national committee. True. Yeah. And as long as everyone can agree, I think that's the part where I where, where mm-hmm. I got nervous was and this was once again reading the stuff on the Warhammer forums, mm-hmm. is where the different regions started saying, "Well, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that," and then it became like, "Oh, do, don't you start saying you're just a fun player and that you're you know it got it got like yeah. people started yelling at other people for their style of play. Yeah, don't you come I... to the Masters and have that st- that attitude? And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, we if we're all picking what we want. And like I said, I got I did I got nervous. I was like, oh, this is going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I was so glad when I was talking to people, and you're like, no, this was really good. This was a good time. I was really happy to hear that. Yeah, just just based on internet reading, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. how, how much stock you put on that, I don't know. But it, you know, the the lines in the sand seem to have been drawn. Yeah. Right. So, but it it didn't play out that way. Yeah, because yeah, it, it really good. did. For, as from a person who didn't go there, I know Chris and I, uh-huh. neither of us could go, and and uh, you know, I was only privy to what was on the forums. And you and I had talked, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, people are, you know, it's, you know, you keep, you know, we both say it's not as bad as it looks online, but God, you read it, and you're like, damn. Yeah, nerds suck online. <laughs> <laughs> like just all the angst and all the like social awkwardness built up into an online forum uh-huh. post, like. Everything that's wrong with nerddom comes out in forum posts and stuff like that. So <laughs> in person, it takes a lot more social skills to be that much of a jerk. And so none of them did it. So, <laughs> See, yeah, cause that's, that was our concern was, that, you know, if you're trying to promote oneness and a unity of community mm-hmm. to set everybody there with different colored shirts. It's like it, it just it divides it, up it, the community. Right yeah, away. It, it seemed like it would be divisive. But you guys, like I said, you guys are saying it's totally not. So, yeah, well, and I think it. It, we missed the memo, but if we were supposed to wear the shirts on the same day, and some Midwest rep forgot to tell everybody, so we just showed up looking sweet, and other dudes forgot. So like, okay. so like, it really just turned into a tournament. I think that at and the end of the day, that was helpful because okay. it wasn't like, all right, coach, like, what the hell do we do? Right. It was like, hey, we're playing, playing some Warhammer. This is sweet. Let's just go um, play. Oh. Yeah, Typical I had, Midwest I had, attitude. We. Should- the anarchists with their mask. <laughs> Church Mert. I got this on we right now. We don't need no stinking badges. We look yeah. sweet. Did you guys run in with the with the uh with the Mexican wrestler masks and the USA belts or anything or <laughs> we, we did not. Okay, just check it cuz that that but was the wonderful. Dudes from the south would have thought that was sweet. Yes, <laughs> the south is like our like buddies. Oh, except yeah. they like comp. Uh. <laughs> Well, nobody's perfect. We can still yeah. be friends. Yeah. Well, two final questions. Yes, sir. Uh, one is, do you know if the other regions are, are they reevaluating their selection process as well? Um, some of them have addressed it, but we also have an addition of two new regions as well. Hmm. So there's two new introductions of two new regions that are coming to the Masters as well for next year. So some regions um, used rankings or some regions used um uh, their own homegrown kind of ranking system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of them are staying the same. I think the Northeast, they they clearly did really, really well, and so I think they're sticking with what they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Southeast is reevaluating, and then um, the Mountain Region and the Mid-Atlantic are um, adding their own qualification systems as well. So, What are those two new regions that you mentioned? Uh, Colorado and the Mid-Atlantic? Question mark? Hmm. Okay. Um, 
I got this email. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's something like that. Yeah, there's two there's two new regions and it's going to be sweet. And one of them I think is Colorado. E. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mount, the mountain region, I suppose. The mountain region, yeah, yeah. Okay. The other question I had for you, and this uh, is on Justin Berge's behalf. We just talked to him uh, prior to your, your having come on. Yeah, was, yeah. Does the Masters winner of the previous year get an auto invite for the following year? If if the Midwest folks think that that's sweet, I think that, that that makes total sense to me. I think that like if our pro shows up and does it, like we should probably mm-hmm. send him again. Because <laughs> yeah. we just no, had no, him no. on. We, we know was... you can do it. Let's make you try all over right. again. Like, <laughs> we just might show up to a tournament. Like maybe you shouldn't turn into like a Warhammer Hermit or something. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, we just had him on before, and I'm like, so do you get an auto in? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. That's for you guys to decide. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just asked him. He's like, well, yeah, it's up to you guys. If he, he, I mean, he can, he had the skills to pay the bills. Jesus Christ. I mean, he mm. could do it. So I, if the Midwest thinks that that's a good idea, I think that'd be sweet. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have to talk about this later, Kevin. I'm going to yeah. actively, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to actually do my job this year, I think. And, <laughs> well, listeners are hearing the USA Masters develop before their very ears right now. They well, really are. Well, yeah. now I think we all knew, especially when the when the Northeast was asking for all the terrain maps and stuff, that these guys wanted to get together and get as a group and play. I think everybody kind of knew they were going to dominate at least the region. I mean, they got you know they were with seven of the top ten spots. They really yeah. were. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see the you know the hippy dippy Midwesterners don't know what they're <laughs> doing, playing it out of a box like a bunch of idiots can't even come up with their own rules. Yeah, go in and grab. Best sports, because, mm-hmm. Kevin, you're just a beautiful human being. Gosh, thanks. Best paint, because Johnny Hastings turns ugly monsters into beautiful human beings. Uh-huh. And best player, so, uh, you know, best overall. So it was kind of neat to, when I was hearing that from Grant. He said, I was like, are you kidding yeah, me? Who knew? I never would have yeah. guessed <laughs> at those sorts of results. Yeah, so I, it, was, I, it, was inter- it was really interesting how that broke down, mm-hmm. where those guys who play, like you said, those Northeast guys who play all the time, play into this work together as a group they do that etc stuff they dominate it as like a team right and then all our weird homegrown nonsense we went in with as the little individual spots mm-hmm. and grab stuff so yeah yeah and we with the 20 with the 20 zip system like it meant that if they played as cagey as they do like if a mid midwest player like if you win big like you can keep going and do really really great mm-hmm. so I think Bergie really did that. So, and to the north, to the northeast guys' credit, as a group, you know they were all hovering at the top tables and playing Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, they could have collectively decided, okay, I'm going to throw my game so that my buddy can overtake the top spots, and they did not do that. And no, no, you know, kudos to them because they really took it to heart and played it the way it should be played. Yeah, and well, I, I would they, hope nobody would do that. I mean, that's kind of that. It can be done. You can game the system. It can be done. But I don't. I don't see them as. I don't see any one of those guys, and I don't know them that well. I'm just basing off of what I know from them, from seeing them at tournaments and on right. on YouTube mm-hmm. and on the internet. I can't picture of one of them who would say, "Dude, okay, we're both sitting at this table. All right, you take it twenty nil." I can't see anybody being right. willing to take a nil on that team. No, earn it. You know, these are those right, guys. Right. Yeah, definitely going to be like play no. for the victory, no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that they like they just they did really well. They practiced and they they have an interest in the the very competitive um, generalship on the table. And I think they as a as a region played really really well. 
Um, and I think it's up to other regions to really kind of step up to that. Like we, mm-hmm. you know, we may be our little anarchist, whatever, right. but like we make stupid charges because it's sweet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not because it's good or hey, it's going to do listen, well, but if, it's if cool. I get a really, really good to hit roll, yeah, I could pull this off. All right, yeah. do it. Yeah, that's right. right. And, and the dude from the northeast is behind the hill because there might be a cannon that hits the one dude, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a fair to him. And then he pops out and shoots you with a doom bolt. So it's the infinitely high hill. So if you have a, a unit oh, on yeah, on an infinitely high hill with a wizard, he can see everything on the board. Then right. Well, okay, so it's not because this... if I'm infinitely high, then I can see everything below me. Good so question. I have a total line of sight. It it's so yeah so. It, uh, it is like it's an infinitely high hill, but <laughs> that, this had to be explained to me like five times because it like I was like, well, it's it's a hill. Do you see the dude? This is why I'm totally <laughs> messing. With you. That's why I even asked this, Kevin. I'm just totally messing with you. I'm sorry. Like, so it was a it was a hill that blocked line of sight, but it was not infinitely tall. So it would act like it's infinitely tall, but it wasn't. So if you're on the hill, you you true line of sight. Yes. It applies relative to the model on the hill. Yes. But Looking the second at other things. you're a centimeter behind the hill, it turns into a giant blocking vortex of doom. And buildings do that too. Here's what it is. You know like you know when it's really, really hot out and you're grilling and you get that shimmer above the grill? Yeah. From the heat? That's picture that on the hill. Yeah. You're on the hill. You can see where you're at from the top of the hill, but anybody trying to look across or around the hill, it's like the shimmer. You can't see what's behind it. Yeah. It's like that. So you can't really see behind okay. it ever. Very abstract. But you're not really there. standing infinitely high. Yeah, that's 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 our uh that's our Midwest upbringing showing through right there. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. It's hey. tricky cuz we just are like, well, I could see it. <laughs> right there. It's a pretty, it's a pretty complicated idea. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, look, there's a thing over there. Oh no, no, you don't. No, you pay no attention to really the there. thing behind the curtain. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, listen, Kevin. Um, I know we got to let you go, and I just want to thank you again for coming on. And um, you know what? Once we get things rolling for the. Uh, you know, the deciding for the second Masters, if you want to come on and, you know, just get out here and at least, you know, and throw it out to the Midwest people who are listening, hey, listen, these are our ideas. Let us know. I mean, you know, if you yeah. if you want to get more opinions back and get it out there, you're welcome to come on any time and, and throw that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Please, please do. All right. All right. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I will talk to you soon. We'll see you at Adepticon. Yeah. All right. And uh, folks, we will be right back. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it 
doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got battle foam cut designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your arm. All right, you know what, folks? I think we're done. Um, we're, we're getting close to our, our three hours here, and that's, <laughs> that's more than we want to do. So, um, listen, thank you so much for listening. Sorry this one's late. We're recording it on the day it's due out. Uh, I'm on spring break, so it'll be out fast. Nice. Um, thank you to Johnny, Kevin, and Justin for joining us on this episode. Yep. And, uh, oh, you know what? People are thinking, hey, what about that contest? But I haven't forgotten contest we should announce the winner so how are we going to do this well there were 20 entrants yep. and um you know I, how, how many different ways can people say army you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. like we so we decided to go random because a lot of yep. people just a lot of people especially on the forums some people just voted short like a dwarf right and some people wrote really nice long paragraphs about how you explaining know, something why they like show. yeah sure so we're going random because there's no real way to judge this so, so why don't you roll a die? I'll put it on the mic here. 18. 18. That's Johnny Hastings. Johnny Hastings. <laughs> so, <laughs> Johnny Hastings with his I have to bleep it. Uh, so that'll be the one we play today. That'll come after, well, after the credits. His will come at the end of the show. Mm. And then we'll have that somewhere at the top of the show at some point. Johnny's entry for the contest um, one so um, Johnny won the uh, the Warpath version of Dwarf King's Hold. Cool, the Project Pandora. So it's a fun Johnny. little game, and uh, you know what? I don't have to ship that. I will yeah. just give it to <laughs> him at Adepticon. There you go. Um, congratulations to Johnny. That was that was uh, that was great. I was funny. I asked, I thought Rellion was going to win it. I was certain because he was the only one who voted. Just no. Stop doing it that way. <laughs> and I was like, the one voice of dissent, I was I was actually kind of hoping he would win. Just well, I, I think what he's really reacting to is the super long ones. Yes, I think if well, you do the truncated one, you might be okay. I only did that really super long one once. I did it twice, I think but it's it was still on the same going show. On. Is it? You go yeah, back and listen to the song. Oh, do you? <laughs> you know, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to sit there and mumble so not everybody even understands what I'm saying. I'm just going to mumble it. Oh, God, annoying little son of a gun. All right, so sign up on our forums. Leave a review <laughs> T- contact us on twitter uh yes and uh, check the forms i'm going to have pictures of of <laughs> this this hobby progress oh uh, yeah you got to document I, I, yeah i'm telling you I, and i'm just i'm like drill bits i'm just turning them by hand just cranking sure. from the top of the bit into this plaster well you only have to do that for 10 bases worth then you're on to recreating them right yes so but i've broken three of them so it's so annoying but that was because I didn't have all the right size. Like, I had to go out and find a special, not a special drill bit, but it's uh, it's 7, no, it's 13.30 seconds. That's the size of that piece that's going in the middle. 
Uh, seven sixteenths is just too big, and three eighths yeah. I had to cut a hole clear through, and then take a file and slowly uh, make it larger till it fit. Look at you! That's how I broke them. Was trying to. I was like, right. "Come on, I don't want a filing. We're just come on, just squeeze, just crack, put cracked." Oh, oh. could you glue them back together? Or I guess no. I don't do that. Well, you know what? I didn't know how well it would stay, and I, if I'm going to make a mold out of it, mm. I want it to be right. No quite. You know, if it didn't fit the first time, then I'd still have to sit there and I'd have to file each individual bit and Makes then sense. glue it together. So I'm like, nah, I'll just cast up another couple of them. Well, so, we'll revisit your progress in two weeks. Yes, or we will. Maybe, or or no, it won't. So next month. Be, uh, oh, and the, yeah. oof, you know what? Next episode is, well, we'll talk about a little hobby with the guys from Heel and Hammer and the yeah. Bad Dice guys when we record Saturday at Adepticon. But then there's the Dwarf Review. Mm. And that'll be the last, probably the last of the big two-parter monstrosity mamajamas. Uh, well, episodes. we'll see. I mean, you, you have to do it justice to talk about tactics and fluff right can we well, fit that all in one episode i don't know well we, you know we're 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 trying to we're trying to do mm-hmm. one slightly we'll, we'll go to back to the the four hour jobber if we need to over threes yeah if we could fit it all into one episode um, all right we'll see how it plays out but the dwarf one we're it's you know it's the last of our armies to get a new sure. book so it's getting the garage hammer treatment cool and nobody's really I, I, I'm almost offended. It's like, oh, the Dark Elves out. 72 reviews in 72 <laughs> right. hours. Oh, the Dwarf book came out. Well, well, we hate them anyway. Dude, no book has gotten this little coverage since it's come That's out. That's true. It's like, yeah, your it's book very little sucks, noise. and so do you. <laughs> so we will, we will do it justice because, you know, I tell you what, you know what really got me going for this? Because I read, I went, I'm looking at all the new stuff. You know, I was like in hobby suicide yeah, mode right. after spending hundreds of dollars on models and going, this is the same old army. I right. hate this. Was sitting and reading the fluff. Really just, it gives you that feel for. Gets you inspired for it. It really does. I mean, it, it, it reminded me of every reason I want to play the dwarves. So. Yeah, the, the fluff is such a vital part of it. Yeah. You know? So, all right, folks, we will see you. Um, after Adepticon. after Adepticon. And some of you will see at Adepticon. Uh, hey, say hi. Absolutely. We Stop by and say to, hello. Love to say, love to say hi to you. Love we'll to be wearing you. our Garage Hammer t-shirts uh, at some well, point. Hopefully. I've lost 10 pounds, so hopefully my Garage Hammer Very t-shirt nice. doesn't look like a 10-pound sausage in a 5-pound casing. <laughs> With that lovely image, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Take it easy. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at TopherChrisU. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hey, Dave and Chris, this is Johnny. Just listened to your latest episode. Good work as always, boys. Figured I'd call in, get into your little contest. Protecting your mother... Ah, me. Later, boys.